around, talk radio. Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. So they don't get caught tired. That's a great point, Neil. You got to hustle. Pavelski closing in. Pavelski fires. He scores! Five games, not enough. The Sharks have another date in the Lone Star State. Saturday, January 15th, 2022. Still getting used to that. Um, it's only been the second episode. It's the Laced of Hockey podcast. And, uh, and I'm James Cole. I don't know if I said that last week. Uh, it's a bit rusty. Yeah, I don't know. Hadn't hosted in a while. <clears throat> you hadn't hosted. It was over Zoom. Um, we were both drunk. Or at least I was. Uh, I'm Brute Spataglia of the High Button. Nice. <clears throat> You got it. That was a smooth one. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't think so, so that's mm. great that it yeah. sounded nice to you. How you doing? I'm alright. What's going on? I guess, you know, well, you know, just the, the life and the grind. Mm. And the, yeah. Yeah. The loveliness of everyday life <clears throat> in 2022, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, something fun that I did today. Um, my my, girl, <laughs> my girlfriend works for the Canada Post. I don't know if you if you know this. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> really? Tell me more. She's got a she's got a new route starting on Monday. No. Yeah. I haven't talked to her uh, in a couple weeks. So. so what what she likes to do when she gets a new route is she likes to put me in the driver's seat, and she's got her list of instructions on where she's got to go, <laughs> and we drive the route together. And I, I enjoy it. Okay, it gets me out of the house. Go down some That's streets. That's all that matters, yeah. really. It's just Get, getting out of the house these days. Am I right, folks? Go down some streets maybe I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she, she calls me up today and she says, uh, Hey, do you want to come drive this new route for me? Um, I can pick you up in about 10 minutes. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm not doing anything. Mm-hmm. I got to work to, I had to work at four o'clock. It's about noon. And um, so we start heading out. And doesn't this thing take us out past fucking Trout Lake? Two hours of driving. What? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah, buddy. What? She's got two hours strictly driving the route. Never mind, like, stopping to, like, drop shit off. It's gonna be a big one. She no. Is, she is not happy. No. No, no. How is that? Why? Why doesn't she get to keep her old route? Her old route was well, lovely. So I, when she got hired, it was to help cover different people. And just the way the cards fell, the first person she was helping was going to be off for like a few months. And it turned out to be like six months that this person was off. They're back oh, so now. she is just going to hop around like this. Well, the la- this is now her third route in the last four weeks. So what happens if there's a massive snowstorm? She's got to drive out there? Uh, so they don't deliver. Uh, they'll, they'll go and sort the mail. Sure. But they won't take it out if they know that the roads haven't been done. Because you're, you're, you're not going to get it. Yeah, yeah. So, she, so she may have like several days of sorting mail before she goes out there, depending Possibly. on... Possibly. That's fun. It was not a fun drive. Trout Lake. Past. I say Trout Lake because it was the last identifiable like marker no. that I recognized. So, 
Oh my god. It was insane. And it was like, we were at that point where I was like, okay, like we gotta turn around soon, because I gotta go to work, and like, we have to cut this one short today, I'm thinking, but... So that was my day. I went for a two-hour drive out to uh, Gorham, I guess. Gorham. <laughs> Don't recommend. You want to know what's interesting, too, is if you Google Trout Lake, uh, I guess our Trout Lake is an informal Trout Lake because it says Trout Lake is by uh, Nipissing. Oh. I feel like she's not going to have to drive out there every day. That'd be unfortunate if we if we went to the wrong Trout Lake. <laughs> Yeah, she actually has to go out to that yeah. Trout Lake. Yeah. Well, sorry, we have to relocate you to North Bay for the next uh, however long. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't think that's Just the right. wrong bay, eh? They've assigned her. Like, you know what? Hey, the most Canadian mistake of all time is maybe mixing up North Bay and Thunder Bay, isn't it, folks? Possibly. It's for our Toronto fans there. Do you think that's like... Hmm. When, when, they, when they mix up, like, North... North Bay and Thunder Bay. That's mm-hmm. that's like a kind of an insult to us. I feel right. Like we're, we're the cooler of the two cities. When I was in Toronto this uh, this fall, I guess to watch the Blue Jays, I had a full blown conversation with a girl uh, saying that she had just been in our neck of the woods, and then probably after seven or eight minutes of the conversation, um, I realized that the place she told me I had confused with a different little township around us. And then realized that it is outside of uh, Sudbury. And I didn't have the heart to tell her that we are nowhere near Sudbury. Like, it's a 10-hour drive to Sudbury right, for me. Right, right. Uh, that she is not talking about. Like, she, like her, the place she was is closer to her than, than it is to me. Sure. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I couldn't correct her, and I just went on with the charade the rest of the time I was there. Which mm-hmm. was several hours. Um... Well, let's get into some hockey, I guess. We are, after all, a hockey podcast. Yeah. Um, i got to tell you, I've watched more hockey this week than I've watched the whole season combined up to it. So, Wow. I'm I'm into hockey now. I'm, I'm good to go. I've really paid attention this week. Now I'm an expert. That's fantastic. Yeah. We are starting 2022 just running. Yeah, have you... i got to ask you. i got to put you on the spot here, okay? Oh, wow. Now... I had the conversation with someone this week about, like, how, how how do you know so much about hockey, blah, blah, blah. Like, you have a podcast about hockey, and I'm like, well, when it's consu- when it can- used to consume so many hours a day, now it only has to consume so many hours a day for me to still just know what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, I know so much that I could check out for days, come back, and there's no problems. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I just, you know, and it's the same for yourself, Right. And the conversation was, well, but you guys get together, you have a conversation once a week about hockey, like, how is that possible if you don't watch hockey? And I'm like, well, because I can just look at numbers and know what's going on at this point, right? And I feel like the same is true for you. But having said that, how many front-to-back games would you say you've watched this year? Have you watched one? (laughs) No, I've watched quite a few. A few? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, all right, we just never talk about it, so I, yeah. I didn't know. M- mostly Leafs. Oh yeah, you've watched more Leafs than I have, probably. I would this imagine, year, right? which is yeah. crazy because I uh, this is the least Leafs I've watched in the Brendan Shanahan era. Is this year? I'll, I'll say this. Much. Actually, my first full opening face-off to end uh, buzzer game that I watched was the other night against Arizona, Carol Vimelka. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I got to a point during that game, I was rooting for the kid. Wasn't even rooting for the Leafs. I'm like, this is awesome. 
You hold that net there, Carol Vimalka. Uh, before we started recording, you were talking about uh, how you solved the trauma police problems mm -hmm. um, in a different world. Uh, I think I've found the problem of the trauma police mm -hmm. in, in our universe, and that it's is that, I that keep you watching. need to stop watching yeah, the right. That'd be great, actually. If you could well, do that. See, the interesting thing is that I watched every minute of last season, and they did fine. Uh, well, till the end, yeah, well. of course. See uh, episode 118, You Wear Black to a Funeral, Kate Atkinson, Alex Hobson. It was a great episode. Um, oh, right. Buttons bedazzle you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I I don't think I've seen them win this year. Don't think so. Hmm. Uh, to circle back, uh, the uh, the friend you were speaking to, did they realize that uh, the majority mm. of the uh, topics we have to talk about are the... Uh, filth and garbage that takes place off the ice is this that did that come up <laughs> we don't actually get to the hockey mm. because there's too much crap going yeah on like we don't really ice. break down like uh highlight real goals or anything on this podcast doesn't really happen i guess the filth and garbage um no i guess i didn't mention it but that's a good point i guess that is what we do we're we're tmz in right. a way right well no but tmz breaks it while it's happening and then speculates it and makes it worse we analyze things after they've happened. We're the history channel, really. I like that. Complaining about how things could have been better. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of things being better, um, Aisha Vizram. This is a great story. This is a really cool story. Um, I hope I'm saying that right. A Aisha, Asia, v Vizram. First woman mm -hmm. behind an NHL bench uh, two nights ago for the Los Angeles Kings serving yeah. as the athletic trainer... How cool was that? That was awesome. Yeah, it's... it's. Um, I mean, like... Look, I am well aware that there has not been a full-time coach uh, female in the league to this point. I, I am aware that the number of times that a woman would have been behind the bench would have been very, very small anyway. But I was just surprised to find out that, like, Barb Underhill hadn't just, like, been behind the bench one night for one Toronto. Night. Yeah. Like, no, no one? Yeah. Really? I don't know, man. That, like, that, I mean, that sucks. But, like, you can't really bitch about, you know, like, I like, like what am I going to do? I'm going to sit here and be like, oh, they should have done this 25 years ago. Like, of course they should have. But, like, that's the whole, you know, at some point it's going to be the first. Mm -hmm. And at some point you're going to bitch about it not happening sooner. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy that uh, that it's happened, and I and I hope that it happens more. Because for the love of God, like like what are we doing here? Like the most the most qualified people for every job should be the people that hold those jobs, right? Well, it's assuming same... that they're related to someone from the '80s. That... No, it, oh. it actually turns out, James, you can just be qualified for a job based on skills and knowledge that you've obtained on your own. Even through, like, colleagues and friends, man. Oh, like, like Nick Lidstrom when he played for the Red No, Man. no. See, uh. see, now, what they could have done was hire uh, Greg Lindstrom, who is, um, uh, you know, a, a deli clerk from Nantucket, who just happens to know his way around the hockey rink. And they'd be like, oh, listen, Jeff, or whatever name I made Swedish up a minute ago. Deli Clark. And then, well, Nantucket. you know, he, okay. he could no just more. be a, like a descendant. He doesn't sure. need to be, you know, Betty White's character in uh, Golden Girls, right? Like, what was her last? It was Lordstrom or something like that. Uh, you know. Right. I'm all over. This is a very... I see uh, that. Yeah. But it turns out 
that you could just hire anyone to do any of these jobs, James. Mm-hmm. As long as they're qualified, it does, they don't have to be a certain uh, gender or race, or they don't have to know anyone, hmm. quite honestly. They could know no one. Literally not a person. That goes against everything I've, I've known about this week. Um, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. It's progressive, yeah, it's I guess. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Like that. Yeah, there we go. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that was a really cool story, and hopefully we'll, we'll keep seeing uh, some some cool stories like that one. Uh, down the road and and in the years to come, uh, I well, just, it should just be the norm, right? Like, and yeah. that's, that's the whole thing. I don't, like, I don't know if you saw the Yankees hired. Uh, I was just gonna say Rachel. Yeah. Oh man, I'm going off memory. Balkovic, I think, is how it, it's it's something like that. Uh, to be the manager of their single A yep. team, and and, and it was the, just the like Jays a, did the same thing. A whole yeah. bunch of people just being like, "What is this world coming to?" And it's like, "Well, the world is coming to." They hired someone who's qualified to do the job. That's what they, that's what it's coming to. Yeah. Who gives a fuck who it is? Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck do you care who it is? You know what I mean? If it's someone who, uh, you know, maybe um, murdered a family or something years ago, and maybe you know, maybe they don't, maybe don't, you know, give them the power over like twenty-five to fifty young men. Um, but when it's someone who's like well versed and involved in the game of baseball. What what is the rest of the what are the details matter? Mm-hmm. Cares if they're twenty or seventy or female or 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 male or something in between or who who gives a shit? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was crazy. Like I knew that there was going to be backlash on that one, but that was crazy to see this week too. Well, and, and like just to touch on that as well, like I think the the unfortunate part about what hasn't happened yet is that rightly or wrongly manager of a baseball team a coach of a hockey team like that person gets hired and they're probably going to get fired at some point yeah right and you just know that the second um the yankees reliever of her duties it's going to turn into this whole like yeah see she couldn't do it she couldn't handle the pressure she could be there for 10 fucking years and win like five championships but the second she gets fired Everyone's going to come forward and say well, that. Well, but, but even, and even at that level, though, right, like, the, the ideal thing that happens for her is that the team is just competitive. They don't need to be good. Mm-hmm. But competitive enough to show that at least she knew what she was doing with the lineup and knew what she was doing with the team. And then she moves up. Like, that's ideally what happens. Or worst case scenario, coaches a team in the same league after she gets fired. But best case scenario, she gets poached, she moves up, moves up, moves up. And then, you know, maybe... Five, seven years from now, she's a bench coach in the MLB. Mm-hmm. And and that's where it all starts, right? And as soon as she gets that, then other clubs will start being like, okay, well, you know, if she can do it. Maybe this girl we have can do it. And well, it's fucked. We fuck, can hire another former player, but that hasn't worked for a while. What if we did what they're doing? Which does seem oh, yeah. yeah. You know Crazy. the Mets are sitting there being like, hey, what if we get involved with the broads? What if we bring the broads on? And, Whoa, easy there. The, they could be the Broadway Bombers. The Mets are fucked. Yeah, see, they had the United their mascot. <laughs> that, was, that was unfortunate. It's my favorite tweet so far this year, probably. That was great. And he's like, just of course, because he's a mascot. Like, it's not like he controls his face. But, like, just big smile. <laughs> you know, he's just sitting there. He's like, ah, oh, nice. I love that they've done this thing with vaccines. Where they're going to try to market them by getting like mascots and shit to show that they're getting vaccinated and stuff like that like right. i love i love that i'm not gonna say it's stupid like it is pretty stupid but 
but the fact that, you know what I mean? Like a kid will just be like, oh, Mr. Matt's getting vaccinated. But the fact that just in that picture, man, my favorite tweet so far this year. I'm trying to like figure out what the scenario would have to be for like a, a kid to go to their parent and be like, but Mr. Matt's getting vaccinated. Like, is the parent then going to feel the obligation to go get because i feel like you're either going to do it or you're not right and you're not going to be like kind of on the fence waiting for the mascot to promote the kid yeah to ask you my, i think my favorite concept is that someone's out there is going to cancel mr met like mr met is now canceled because he's vaccinated or something some shit he's trying to push this propaganda on the kids i love that yeah the that's last, awesome the last four uh, mets fans below, south of the 49th are now uh Loading their shotguns and uh, raising their Confederate flags. Um, what a dark neighborhood in New York that right, is. Right. Um, speaking of uh, times that teams should have hired the best candidate available, okay. uh, the LA Kings hired Mark Bergevin to uh, mm. to join their front office as a um, advisor to Rob Blake. Yeah. Mark Bergevin did not wait long to get another job in the NHL. Um, but let's talk about the hire from a performance standpoint. Like, like the LA Kings bringing on Mark Bergevin. What What do you think their thought process goes into this this hire? Like, you've got Rob Blake, who by all accounts is doing a fantastic job. I mm -hmm. I think he's doing great. In yeah. LA. Okay. Yeah. And then you bring in Mark Bergevin, who's a more established GM. Um, hasn't necessarily had the pinnacle of success but had, you know the longer career do you do you think they're bringing him in solely to act as that advisor as as they say or or is there something in the works here like the safety net in case rob no liked? no i i think i think it's purely advisor um <clears throat> you know like i i don't want to sit here and pretend that i uh i'm the la king's insider by any by any you know uh, stretch of the imagination here, but um, the way that I've seen that that organization's been operated by the same owners that they've had, you know, since they rebranded 14 years ago, which I consider, you know, the start of the new era of the Kings. Um, you know, like these are guys that genuinely just want to win. They want to put the best team for like that. Like they have very good ownership, you know, um, in the sense that they stay out of it. They just put people in place that know what they're doing. They don't really give a shit if they have or haven't had involvement with the organization. Um, what they did with Rob Blake was they brought him on and sort of, you know, groomed him into a position where uh, he became a good general manager. And luckily, he is a guy that played for the organization. So everything kind of worked out in that front. But where I'm going with that is I think that they see Mark Bergevin as someone who genuinely has something to offer for having worked in front offices, successful ones, uh, not Montreal per se, but <laughs> other, other successful teams, uh, whether you like them or not. And um, they're putting him in a place where he has something to offer. Now, do I think Mark Bergevin uh, is completely useless when it comes to... Uh, his hockey mind? No. Not a, not at all. I, I'm sure he has enough to offer. Um, this is a guy who, as much as he turned gold into mud, uh, often turned mud into gold in Montreal. 
Um, not often, but several times, I guess. And so, and so having him around, I, I like, I think there's value to having him there. Um, so in the same sense that I'm saying, I personally think it's a decent move. I don't think the Kings are looking at this as a succession plan or anything like that. I think it's a guy who genuinely probably isn't going anywhere better than this anytime right away. And so they bring him on as an advisor for, you know, 12 months, a, uh, a year and a half kind of thing at the most. And then he's probably back working in some other front office as much as I, for separate reasons, don't want to see that happen. But and I think that that's a really good point to kind of put a bow on what you were saying, because I, I agree. Mark Bergevin, as, as I mentioned, a lot of years in the league, um, a lot of a lot of experience, but... Maybe not a guy that you want to really jump into bed with this quickly. I think that was probably the bigger red flag for a lot of people was, A, the timing in which it took him to go from one job to the next. And what we know about his past mm-hmm. in in making some of the decisions that he's he's made. Um, I, I think this is one you could probably chalk up to maybe better left until the offseason. Like, what are you coming in in January for this team to, yeah. to, to to really move the needle this much? We hear all the time from NHL front offices about how uh, come the deadline, oh, our job's done. We we don't we don't have anything else to contribute for the rest of the year uh, until the until the draft rolls around. So, and and unless they're concerned about Rob Blake at the deadline, I really don't see why you you rush to bring this guy aboard in January, unless you feel like but, he might go elsewhere. But conversely, I think it's only a news story because it's Mark Bergman. You know, like I think if they brought in uh, Cliff Fletcher, yeah. for for example, say like you know what I mean, say he were out there available and they they bring him in or, mm-hmm. or fucking I don't know why it's Philadelphia guys like Paul Holmgren or something, you, you know, like like it doesn't really make a news story. And I think that that's sort of how they viewed it, is just they're interested in having the guy and having his opinion around. But, you know, if Rob Blake's at the head of the table, do I think Mark Bergevin's sitting on his right or left side, right beside him at that end of the table? I assumed in his lap. No, he's at... (laughs) He's he's at the far end of the table trying to eat a hot dog because they made him skip his lunch, right? So, under his sleeve, and then he has to, you know, they have to vacuum it out, right. and it's super embarrassing for him. He peeps over someone's bag. And yeah. No, I, I just, I envision Mark Bergevin in, like, one of those tight polos that he likes to wear with his with his arms, and he's just bouncing Rob Blake on his knee. And, and He's Rob, bouncing Rob yeah, Blake. Yeah, and, and Rob Blake's still in charge, hmm. but every once in a while, Rob will So, just, you think Rob Blake becomes mini-me in this situation kind of. more? Well, than have you thing? seen Mark Bergevin? He's a big guy. Hmm. He's got some size to him. I... Well, I mean, jackness aside, Rob Blake's a much bigger guy than Mark Bergevin. Like, like Rob sure. Blake's like 6'4", I, would, I, would, I, I think. think so. Yeah, he's yeah. big. Yeah, um, he's tall. yeah I, I don't know. Like, I just... Like, hockey alone, I think Mark Bergevin is a smart guy. I don't think he's someone that I would personally hire as a general manager. But I think he has value. For sure. Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that. Like, like I heard takes this week where it's like, well, this guy was a fucking disaster in Montreal. I'm like, he wasn't great, but he wasn't horrible either. Like, you can't sit here and say that for eight years he was horrible. Like, he, he was he was fine. He 
he was he was mm. below average, but I was gonna say he he might awful. be the most like five hundred manager that I can think of in my lifetime. Where it's know. like I don't one even year know if they were five hundred. One year you're sitting there going, "What the fuck is this guy doing?" And the next yeah. year, there division was, champions. There was a couple years there where it was like, man. This guy continues to make bad move after bad move, and then it's like, oh, he convinced Alex Radulov to come back from Russia and shit. It's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> that's the one guy that was never coming back. But okay, I don't know. Like, like he's not. Put it this way: Mark Bergevin, when he knocked a deal out of the park, he knocked it out of the park. But you know, like the 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 Philip Deneau deal too, is just sure. It was. It worked out to be Fleshman and Weiss for Deno and fucking Romanoff. Like, okay, pretty good. I'll give him credit there. Right? And, and now he still has uh, access to Philip Deno. Um, That's my, yeah, yeah. I don't know how Philip Deno feels about well, that necessarily, but I don't think it's the worst move. Is all I'm getting right. But what it, did you like? Same idea or what? Um. Again, I, I just thought the whole like just the timing. Yeah, you like you but touched the hockey on side of it. Like yeah, you're... you you touched on like the the homegrown like aspect. Like even that to me, like if if you're a former GM and a team hires you in January, you're, you're going to confuse me. That's all. Okay. It, it's it's confusing. Okay. I don't understand. Like just just fucking wait till April. <laughs> do something then. But do you do you think it's because he's a recent GM too? Is is that more what it is to you? Because like I mean, if the Bru- like the Bruins sign John Ferguson Jr. Mm-hmm. in whatever whenever it was like April of twenty eleven, yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy's an advisor now. Like he hadn't been a GM for seven years. You think it's more just just so because Mark Bergevin's a recent general manager, or is it the actual title itself kind of creeps you out? Because I think there's formal former GMs working around the league. Oh, absolutely. Or if you went through the front office, absolutely. right? And Again, this they're everywhere, but totally uh, trickles down because to... it goes back to what we were just saying. Why would you ever hire someone without experience? Um, everyone right. will always just have experience if you just hire your friends who used to play in the league. Exactly. No, am I better that I'm not a GM right now? Yeah, yeah. Hundred percent, just like a weird thing to do in January. That's all. I don't. I don't think it is, but I think. I think it's a big story because it's Bergman. Okay. That's all. I just thought it was weird. Okay. <laughs> well, I think you're weird. Thanks. Speaking of weird moves, uh, Evander Kane tried to... Uh, well, he didn't try. He got himself <sighs> across the border. He moved uh, right back home to Vancouver for about a week. And uh, the, the San Jose Sharks said, uh, Nay, nay. Um, good day. And uh, terminated his contract immediately. Hmm. Um... Like, this is what the we've we've had a uh, podcast now for I'll say three years, you'll say four years, and uh, this is the sixth sixth time we've had to talk about this guy and and some some huge fucking controversy that like when is enough enough with this guy? What is your question exactly? Like, what do you mean, like? Like, when are when is the league done with him? Or uh, I guess that's what I'm saying. I know it's not anytime soon, but um, you you like how do we keep making excuses? Like, for this like guy? It, it's it's easy for me to say sitting here in my kitchen in Thunder Bay, right, where he's never been. But I feel quite confident knowing myself 
that if I were the general manager of the New York Rangers and my and James Dolan came up to me and is like uh, if you don't sign Evander Kane I'm firing you I would probably just walk out I don't think you could pay me enough money to even touch this fucking guy um, because like here's the thing is is the, the, the whole thing with him making, like, doing all this fucked up stuff in the last few years, and it's not to minimize how fucked up all that stuff is, I'm not trying to do that, but it's not just the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who didn't make... Atlanta. This guy didn't make the fucking world junior team that I was at because they didn't like him. It wasn't because he was a better hockey player than Dana Tyrrell. It was because they didn't like him. And Dana Tyrrell gets cut, and it's like, who do we have? And it's like, fuck it, let's just bring him. And even as an underager, he was great in that tournament. But when the whole thing surrounding it was like, everyone's walking around Ottawa, when I'm 17 years old telling me that, oh yeah, this guy's fucked up, man. Like, you're not gonna like Evander Kane. And it's like, oh, I, I like him. I don't, I don't believe it. Sure. Because I'm 17, right? Yeah. And I am, you know, two years younger than him or whatever. And, uh, yeah, no, it turns out, um, turns out he sucks, because, uh, when he was in Winnipeg, like, the whole reason he got moved to Buffalo in the first place was because the whole Winnipeg Jets roster was like, yeah, we're done with this fucking guy, like, trade him, because we don't want to play with him, or trade all of us. So what are you gonna do, trade the whole roster, or trade Evander Kane? They trade him to Buffalo, see you later. Like, this has been ongoing that, that for... That is actually the, the one franchise that that maybe didn't really have a problem with was Buffalo. The only reason they got rid of him was because they saw an asset that they could recoup some... Uh, yeah. Buffalo did okay with him. But even when he was in Buffalo, he did... he did, You know, like, he had his off-ice issues. It was, oh, just, I didn't, I didn't it was just nothing... Yeah. Well, it was just nothing big. Oh, but okay. it was a lot of this whole, well, he got in a fight with this guy, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was a lot of little stuff before. And then, you know, he goes to San Jose and... You the can tra- go the back train and goes off the, the rail. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't really done need that to. Bit I'm not really going to go into deep. I mean, anyone listening to this knows exactly. But like, yeah. it's um, yeah. I I don't know. Like I. So when got- is enough enough? It, it was enough. I I personally <laughs> wouldn't have traded for him from Winnipeg. So that's how long I've been done with this fucking guy. Um, but yeah. So he he gets sent down. Which I don't think we ever talked about because why would we? Um, but so he's down in the AHL, mm-hmm. okay, and the Christmas break comes, and I I will admit I think that there is an an aspect of miscommunication going on here at, to some degree. Um, that's not to say that he's right or wrong or that the San Jose Sharks are right or wrong, but I think the San Jose Sharks were literally just looking for you fuck up to the the slightest and you're out of here. Like, any excuse we can find to get rid of this guy, they were going to take it. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it comes out that he, he crosses into Canada without quarantining, as he's, he's supposed to do, and that he doesn't return to the Barracuda, um, according to the Sharks, when they had told him to. Mm-hmm. Okay? So... That was enough for them to uh, to file the paperwork to have this guy terminated from from the roster and, and have his contract removed. Now, here here here's my big question. I, I guess I have two, A and B. Okay. Okay. 
they're they're gonna they're gonna do this. Do you think that they're gonna get away with this uh, just from a union standpoint? Okay. Mm-hmm. And and B. At what point does this become an AHL problem? Because the NHL, as a result, has said that they're going to jump in and mm. investigate the whole thing. But he wasn't on an NHL roster. He was on an AHL roster. Now he has an NHL contract. So I found the whole thing was kind of murky from the beginning about this idea that the NHL was going to look into it and that the union was going to come in and, and make a big fuss about the whole thing. Like, I think that there's a few angles that need to be addressed before we can kind of put a lid on this whole thing. Well, do I think they're going to get away with it? Well, how do you define getting away with it? Do you think that they're going to be absolved of his cap hit? San Jose? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because we've, we've seen in the past guys that don't report on time um, and we've we've never seen this level of out the doorness uh, from a response from a team. Uh, it's it's a did, bit unprecedented. Did, did LA get stuck with any of Mike Richards? Uh, possibly. I don't think they did. Okay. I I don't think they did. I wonder if Cap Friendly would tell me that. That's actually a good yeah, question. Yeah, I like that. It's it's worth looking. But but here's the thing: is I think. I think as much as you would want to say that what Mike Richards maybe did uh, was worse just in this instance, uh, I think Evander Kane is more of a blatant breach of contract than Mike Richards is. Uh, The Los Angeles Kings were paying Mike Richards $1.3 million up until 2019-2020. Okay. And they will continue to pay him... uh, Anywhere between nine hundred thousand and four hundred thousand until twenty thirty two. Okay. I. Uh, yeah, I. I don't know. Like there, there is. Um, th- this is closer to me. To, Ilya Kovalchuk being like, I'm just going back to Russia, than it is, uh, the Mike Richards situation. Is I I guess where I fall. Like it's this is more so, um, not not reporting where you're supposed to be, is like the number one thing with these fucking contracts. And and I think that is where the breach of contract like that like that was the moment where they saw an opportunity. Um, so I think it'll work out just because of all the other stuff that they're gonna throw at it in in the arbitration case, but. Um, I think I think I think they're gonna get away with it, but because um, I think if you if you just take away the name yeah. of Andrew Kane, and you just look at what is happening between a team and a player, I don't well, I don't think you can just say oh it's Andrew Kane so it's fine. I think you have to look at the big picture here, and the union is not gonna let this slide, Be- even though it's Andrew Kane. They got six hundred other guys looking at them saying. Uh, We've guaranteed contracts for a reason. We don't play in the NFL. You make sure that we have guaranteed contracts, and we want you to go after this. I can see this being a, a big battle. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong either, necessarily. I, I, though, I mean, the way I see it is that um, 
Other teams, I think, have had grounds to terminate contracts under this situation a lot in the past and just have chosen not to. Um, you know, I mean, you're right, the name Evander Kane, but, like, Gregory Hoffman just had his contract terminated this week for this exact reason, where he decided he was going back to Switzerland or wherever. And the Blue Jackets are like, well, we're just, we're just going to get rid of your contract. You're good, you're good with that? And he said he was good with it. So they both turned their keys. Like, that, that is For a sure. significant difference. I yeah. understand that. Yeah. But they had the ability to go with him and just be like, yeah, you know, like, we're done here, right? So maybe the fact that Evander Kane doesn't turn his key uh, at the same time, you know, maybe, maybe that uh, doesn't help. But I don't know. I'm more optimistic that they're going to get away with it. Optimistic, I use the word because I hate Evander Kane. Mm-hmm. But, um... I am a union man as well. I do. I do respect unions and collective bargaining agreements. I understand that. But I do honestly think the Sharks are in the right here based on what I know. Uh, Have I read the NHL collective (laughs) bargaining agreement? Not recently, that's for sure. Not uh, like maybe when I was a kid and didn't know what anything meant. But I'm going to have to talk to the high button and and maybe see if they can get some sort of article about uh, the CBA and the fine print and... I know just the maybe that's the maybe job. that's my angle for getting our like a big time rating job is if I just read the CBA and maybe I already have guy. and I already have a decent understanding of the CBA man would I ever hate writing about that stuff though but I, I Rick do. Rick West he'll be the guy that's just crumbling the league he'll be the guy that's just standing there going, well actually <laughs> there's nothing wrong with what Evander Kane did whoa he's, well I don't mean it that way but from a contractual obligation <laughs> standpoint. Let me tell you, he was within his rights to go to Vancouver for a week. You're taking legal courses with Steve Wojcikowski just, uh, to, just to get your God. terminology brushed yeah. up on. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm really curious to see where this goes. Because again, like, I, I think at the end of the day, the guy should be out of the fucking league. Like, it, it should have happened a while ago. Yeah. If this is the, the thing that does it, bonus, I just... I see a slippery slope. Now, to answer your question as well, does the AHL get involved? I think that's a lot simpler. Uh, he's on an NHL contract, albeit being a San Jose Barracuda at the time. The way that that works is the Sharks are still responsible for their NHL player. Mm-hmm. So as I understand it. So it's it's the same as like the Leafs. Uh, you know, if Brett Senny did the same thing, like just because he hasn't played a game for the Leafs all year, or why he actually has, but, um, you know, like, say he hadn't, then they are still responsible for what said oh, player's doing. Absolutely. Even though it's a one-year, 800K, two-way deal, it's still an NHL yeah. deal, right? Now, if Josh Hosang did this, it doesn't really have anything to do with the Leafs. Like, right. you know what I mean? Right. Like, that I, I think I difference. perhaps misworded uh, where okay. I was going with the AHL angle. Um more around the idea of he's in the AHL he's not reporting to the San Jose Sharks so where where I'm I'm thinking big picture San Jose here, Barracuda James right. in the same place so. uh, a Barracuda is a fish and a shark is not um, real thing won't do the trick <laughs> you gotta make up something quick there it is um, and 
we'll see. What, what, where I'm going here, maybe a bit conspiracy theory uh, esque, <laughs> okay. is you, you've got okay. the. Okay. You've got the sound the of the Sharks. The Vanderkane conspiracy theorists right. are out in full force tonight, baby. You, you've got the San Jose Sharks. We've got the holiday break, right? Yeah. And they say, oh, you know, Vander, uh, don't come back till the 5th. And he goes, cool, guys, I will see you on the 5th. Sure. And, and then the San Jose Barracuda call him up and, like, hey, it's fine. We don't need you back till the eighth. And he was like, "Oh, well, they told me to come back." Yeah, but we don't play till the eighth, so you come back on the eighth. Okay. And then he doesn't go back on the fifth, and the sharks are like, "Ha ha ha! We got you. Uh, no contract for you." You know what I, you know what I mean? Maybe. You know what I mean? I could see that. Meanwhile, you've got the sharks telling the bear, "Hey, give this guy a call. Tell him to come back on the eighth. Again, I'm not trying to defend Evander Kane. I'm just very. It's like this such a weird circumstance. Because, again, I have seen, time and time again, players that are late, and they just they get suspended. And that's the precedent, right? That That is the the extent to which they can penalize their player. And here we have a situation where the ultimate, you don't get a contract anymore situation comes. And it just makes me feel a little icky, even, even though it is Evander Kane. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, well, I think you're out of your mind, but... Okay. <laughs> Again, I think this team is looking for any excuse they could find, and if they fabricated one, I wouldn't exactly blame them. See, but, but, but didn't they sort of have the opportunity to get out from Evander Kane in the summer, and they, well, not out from, but, like, they didn't have to bring him back this year, and they chose to because Hasso Plotner just kind of said, well, we're going to stand behind him. All of his gambling troubles, you know, we'll deal with it. And then just didn't realize that within the next six months that it was about to get exponentially worse and that this guy is out of his fucking mind for mm-hmm. whatever reason it is. Yeah. Um, and that's the know. point when they went, oh shit, we gotta get rid of this guy tomorrow. And they found the first uh, exit they could. Maybe. I mean, maybe, maybe this is me being too naive as well, but I think that I have a hard time believing that the San Jose Sharks would do that. Um, like, I have more respect for the San Jose Sharks organization than, than most. Like, they, if I were to rank my teams on how I respect them, they are... In the top five, I would say. Like, I think they are just a class act of an organization. Um, the biggest thing that they've done that I can remember off the top of my head in the last 20 years that I disagreed with was letting Joe Pavelski walk. That was it. That's the worst thing they've done. So, um, I, I don't know. I'm not saying you're wrong. Um, at the end of the day, they traded for him in the first place, so they have to have some sort of a willingness to, you know, throw caution to the wind. But I... Don't buy it. I I don't know. We'll find out. We will. We will. Well, we, we probably won't, actually. Well, it, might, it might take a while. <laughs> we'll see what yeah, happens, I guess, more so. Um, I got a game for you. Oh. We, uh, we played this one once before. It's, uh, it's one that I like. But it's difficult to kind of come up with questions. So... Um, I came up with this one today. You remember the game Contender or Pretender? Vaguely. 
I give you uh, seven questions with three options and a scenario, and you got to find the pretender, the faker. Right? Yeah, the I remember liking the pretender. it. All right. Okay. Okay. So I got I got seven new questions for you. Okay. Try to make them fun. Can you, know? you give me an example question? Well, Do you have anything? Even exact from from last game. Okay. Yeah. The, perfect. Yeah. I, I asked. This you, will jog my memory for sure. I asked you. Um, uh, 1,200 points in a career was one of the questions, and I gave you Al McKinnis, Sergey Fedorov, and Nicholas Lidstrom. And you had to tell me which of those guys had 1,200 points in a career. Or didn't have 1,200 points in a career, depending on the scenario. Okay. Mm-hmm. So one of them would have been a contender or a pretender. In this case, Al McKinnis had 1,200. The other two guys did not. So they were pretenders, and my answer would have been Al McKinnis is a contender. Al a contender. Okay. okay, cool. Yeah, this should be fine. All right, so game two. Here we go. Question number one. Has recorded a 50-goal season. Keith Kachuk, Marcus Nasland, Milan Hayduk. So am I looking for a contender here necessarily? So they they have recorded a 50-goal season. So you can either tell me which of these guys has, or you can tell me which of these guys has not. Is Keith Kachuk a contender or a pretender? Or you can go all three of them. You just what, what, what do you got here? What how do you okay. want to define these players? So um, has recorded a fifty goal season. I think Milan Hayduk is a pretender. Okay. As much as I wish Milan Hayduk scored sixty goals a year because I loved him. He was fun. I don't think he had fifty. He may have had one year where he hit fifty on the dot. Nasland, I think, has to be a pretender. Like, I just... I have a hard time believing Marcus Nasland scored 50 goals in a year. Okay. I th- always thought he was overrated. I'm willing to admit he was fucking very good, but he was a playmaker. I I think Keith Kachuk is a contender. And I think Nasland and Hayduk are pretenders. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Keith Kachuk is, in fact, a contender. He had two 50-goal seasons, back-to-back. He had the very last 50-goal season for the Winnipeg Jets and the very first 50-goal season for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Marcus Naslin is indeed a pretender. He won a... Fucking right. He won a Rocket Richard trophy with 48 goals, but he uh, he never had 50. In the heart of the dead puck era or what? 03, 04, something like that. He, he, that was the year really? he tied with... Uh, like it was him and Nash. And, Marcus Naslin. Yeah. Won a Marcus Naslin? He was on the cover of the NHL franchise there. The, 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 like of the here. Vancouver Canucks we're talking same. about? The very same. Okay. Like 48 big ones. Jesus. And you were you were both right and wrong when mm-hmm. it came to Milan. He had, he had 50 on the nose in yeah. 0203. Yeah. So he is a contender. God damn. Yeah. Okay. I do remember I, I won this game like 4-3, to three, I think, too. No, I won like 4-2. to two. Like, I did okay, I think. 2-3... Yeah, did okay. it was you. You're pretty good. I think the only you got uh, two questions wrong. Cool. Last time, All right, let's so, do it. Five out of seven. That's fine. You lose game one. Yeah. Whatever. You're never in trouble till you lose at home, which right. I'm at in my house right now. Right. So. Question two: uh, Nine hundred points and two thousand penalty minutes in their career. Ooh. All right. Owen Nolan. Nine hundred. A. Eh? That seems high. Okay. Gary Roberts. That seems high. Chris Chelios. <laughs> oh no, what have I got 900 points? Can I Google it? Um, 
900 points and well, 2,000 penalty yeah, minutes. Yeah, I, I, I would imagine they all got 2,000 penalty minutes. Um, at work the other day, I was uh, showing a co-worker of videos of Gary Roberts because he a few years younger than me and doesn't remember Doesn't Gary. appreciate Right. And we were going through, because I showed him the video of Gary Roberts trying to fight Chris Draper at the uh, Winter Classic, and we had a good laugh. He's like, that's awesome. And uh, scrolling through the side, and he's like, what's this? Uh, Gary Roberts KOs Kenny Johnson? I'm like, I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember this at all. I get in a fight? Kenny Johnson got in a fight? Uh, I don't know if you remember this hit. Uh, this hit would have gotten 30 games. In today's was that when he was on the Hurricanes? No, it was in the playoffs when Janssen was on the Islanders. Janssen just, oh, like, slightly okay. turned... Oh, sorry, Roberts on the Leafs, though. Yeah, yeah. And Janssen slightly turns his back, but Roberts does his classic, like, skate the entire ice until the blue line and then just glide in and fucking hammer a guy, but he's still going a million miles an hour. And he murdered Kenny Janssen in cold blood. And then he's looking at the ref being like, what did I do? Too much man. You, you tried to kill a guy, my guy. Yeah, he's too much man. I understand that. Okay, I, I, I think it's 900 points in 2,000 penalty minutes. I think Gary Roberts in that situation is a pretender. Okay. You know what's funny is I had Owen Nolan's Hockey DB page open recently, too. Mm. I'm going to say Owen Nolan is a contender and that Chris Chelios is a pretender. All right. Yeah. So you want Gary Roberts as a pretender. Mm-hmm. Well, that's incorrect. Mm. Our good friend Gary had 910 points. Fuck off! And more than 2,500 career penalty I should have known you picked 900 for a reason. Well, <laughs> you should picked, have played the quiz master on that one. You picked Owen Nolan to be a contender. Mm. Uh, he did not hit either mark. He uh, really? finished up with uh, 1,793 penalty minutes and 885 points. Hmm. How many games? Like... 1300 though i don't have that in front of me but okay yeah roughly i would say and then you have chris Chelios as a pretender guy played for 40 years in the league uh he just racked up 12 points a year and it 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 got to 948 by uh the end of all said and done with nearly 2900 penalty minutes so he is in fact a contender yeah no i knew he had 2000 (laughs) penalty minutes that was not in question oh yeah okay so uh unfortunately that's incorrect. Yeah, well. the thing I forgot with Chris Chelios is that he was good um, before I watched him. For 20 so, years, and then the last 10, not so much. Didn't really find him particularly yeah. good when I watched right. him. All right. It's okay. You got time to make it up here. Question three. We'll see. 1,100 career wins. The Tampa Bay Lightning franchise? Scotty Bowman? <laughs> or the three goaltenders from combined at the 2014 Kenny Olympic team? Okay. But we'll go back to the Lightning. Scotty Bowman, I think, is a contender. All right. I will mark twice. I just, I genuinely don't know. Uh, but he has to be, I would think, right? Like Al, Al Arbor won 1,100-something, I think. I don't know. I'm a lot drunker considering I haven't drank that much. Um... And the three goalies at the 2014 Canadian Olympics or 2010? 2014. Okay. Do you know them? And had won that amount of games at this point in time? In their careers. Totally. Like, yeah, right yeah. now. Okay. Up till now. Uh, do I know them? Well, let's find out. <laughs> uh, Carey Price, for sure. He sure was. 
Now it gets tricky. <laughs> no, I think I think Mike Smith was there. Well, you won't tell me. Eh? I will you tell you that Mike Smith was there. Okay. He did not play a game. Yeah, no, but like yeah. what they won in their like, I just need to know the three. Yeah, I'm gonna go 2014. Eh, Lo You are correct, sir. Okay, so they that they, they have to be a contender. Okay, to me. Yeah, they they gotta be. Um, Mike Smith's played for a million fucking years. Um. I'm going to go... Scotty Bowman... Is a contender. Yeah. And that the Lightning are a pretender. Okay. Yeah. So you went Scotty Bowman as a contender. Uh, He has... 1,244 career wins as a Fucking right. That's over 1,100 as far as I'm concerned. I think so. so. Uh, You went with the Tampa Lightning as a pretender. They have uh, 1,040 wins. Let's go. You're two for two. That's a a win on question three. Uh, For the sweep, the three goaltenders from the 2014 Canadian Olympic team, Price, Smith, Luongo, combined currently for a grand total of 1,000. 134 wins. Let's go. Just clearing the bar. Okay. Had I got that wrong, do I still get the question right, though? Yeah. Because I got two out of three. three. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, wow. Oh, because I was wondering how I did so well the last time around. That makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You're on the board. One for three. Yeah, two for two. Right. You still win the series. Still one on the road. Question four. Player that has won the Grand Slam of Hockey. Now, do you know what the Grand Slam of Hockey... I just found out about this recently. The Grand Slam Cup. of Hockey. World Cup, Olympic, World Junior? Now, here's the problem with calling it the Grand Slam of Hockey, is that mm. there's actually five. <laughs> oh. The Grand Slam is four. Um, oh, they won, uh, they also won the um, Olympic gold medal in curling, I'm assuming, right. is the answer. Yeah. Uh, it's a Stanley Cup, Olympic gold medal, a World Championship, a World Junior, and a Canada or World Cup. Now, you might be picking up something right away. And that is, in the history of the sport, there's been, what, about five World Cups slash Canada Cups that have ever taken place? So, this question is fucking nauseating already. The player that has won, or players that have won the Grand Slam of Hockey, Patrice Bergeron, Wayne Gretzky, Igor Larionov. Okay. This question is almost impossible. Take your time. So, okay. What do we know? What do we know? That's what I was going to say. So the easiest one for me to determine is who has won a Stanley Cup. Uh, All three. (laughs) Correct. Definitively. All right. Correct. So there's no doubt about that one. World Juniors. Okay. I know Bergeron, obviously, mm-hmm. but Larionov and Gretzky become a gray area for me uh, because it predates my knowledge of the tournament. So we'll go. We'll we'll go back to that. Okay. Olympics. See now, here's a huge problem I've always had with Igor Larionov. You could have said almost any Russian player ever. Mm-hmm. The problem I have with Igor Larionov. It's gonna make you laugh. 
I have no idea how old he is. You could tell me that he is 64 or that he's 49. And I would be like, yeah. Okay. Okay. Or older than 64, honestly. Sure, sure. Um, so that really throws a wrench in the whole Olympic for me. Because, again, my knowledge of who won certain years is kind of spotty. But, because I think it was the Czechs that won in 98. 02 was Canada. 06 was... Actually, don't know who won in 06. I think it was Sweden. Could have been Russia, but it was in Russia. So No, it wasn't in Russia. It was in Nagano. Might have been the Russians. But was he retired by then? Must have been. Well, he was retired from the NHL. Fuck. It's a tough one. Hmm... It's hard for me to imagine. Like, like I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Gretzky's probably a contender. And I understand that the reason of including him in this question might be to throw me off that he would be the obvious choice to be a contender. But I think that this is such an impossible thing to do that he has to be someone who has done it. Just. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's the only one of these three that I think would be picked automatically to any of those teams, regardless of, you know. And okay. he played in an era where it would have necessarily happened. Okay. The thing with Bergeron is, when, like, does the World Cup count from a couple of years ago? Was that the World Cup that they did? Yeah. Okay. So Canada won that. He's won a World Junior, he's won a Stanley Cup, he's won an Olympic gold. The issue I'm having, and this might be nitpicking, but how many times has Boston really missed the fucking playoffs in his NHL career? And I, f I might be just making this up, but I feel like when they missed a few years ago that he just was hurt and he wouldn't have gone, mm -hmm. you know? Like, I know so much more about Bergeron than I do Larionov that it almost has to. I'm going to say that Larionov is a pretender and that Patrice Bergeron is a pretender as well. So I think Wayne Gretzky is the only contender. You're going Gretzky contender, Bergeron pretender, Igor Larionov yeah. contender. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, what do we know? We know that all three have a sailing cup. Okay. Um, we we all know about Wayne Gretzky passing to Mario Lemieux, the 87 Canada Cup. Yeah. Big win. Okay. Would you believe that Wayne Gretzky never won a world championship? He never won a world junior championship. And he never won Olympic gold. Didn't think hard enough about the Olympic mm. gold, did I? Hmm. Yeah. 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 That would have tipped me off. Okay. Patrice Bergeron has a Stanley Cup. Yeah. He has an Olympic gold. Yeah. He has a World Cup. Yeah. He has a World Junior. Yeah. Before he won a World Junior, he won a World Championship Come in on. 2004. Grow up. Uh, oh my God, they still did that tournament. <laughs> yeah. They also, uh, Patrice Bergeron also, also won a Spangler Cup. During the lockout. 
That's crazy. In 2013. Won the Spangler Cup. I just gotta say, of currently active NHL players, is there a more first ballot Hall of Famer than fucking Patrice Bergeron? Wow. Holy of, fuck. Of current guys? Like, I mean, well, like... Joe yeah. Thornton, I understand, but like... Oviechkin. Yeah. Crosby. Man, though. Yeah, he's insane. I think there's an interesting sort of... Like... You and I had the conversation last week, but, like, I'm thinking more critically about Sidney Crosby lately. I don't know, man. I think I think we maybe give him too much uh, prestige credit. There it is. It's on record. Fuck, Can't go I, back. No, I don't want to say it, because I, now I love him, but... <laughs> I, I wish I appreciated his amazing years, because I've only since liked him in his, like, pretty good years. Mm. Anyway. Uh, Larianov, I'm assuming, is a contender. Well, what do we know about Larianov? Did he win a cup? Do you remember him winning a cup ever? Uh, 90, 90, uh, 7. 98. 97, 98, and 02. Yeah. All through the runways. Um, he won one, not one, he won two World Junior Championships back-to-back. Yeah. He won. You could have told me that they didn't even do the tournament back then, and I would have believed you. Four. He was actually forty-eight the first World Junior tournament they did. He won five World Championships. Sure. And he won one. Yeah, I guess he. Yeah. Two. He won two Olympics. Okay. (laughs) Big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good for him. Um, So he he is a contender. Um, I'm on the team this year. You see the roster they released today on the, the third list goalie. of the world, uh, the, the the Grand Slam of hockey. The list of guys that have done this, it's Larionov and Bergeron, and they are joined by Vladislav Fetisov. <laughs> That's awesome. Joe Sakic. Cool. Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Scott Niedermeyer, and Corey Perry. That's it. That's it. Corey Perry. He's on the World Cup team. Uh, yeah. How he long was, ago was that? He was still good then. 2016. Alright. Yeah, yeah. seems like he would have been bad by that then, but alright. That was a tough one. I yeah, should, I should have left that for Game 7, actually. That's okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm, well, maybe now I can, maybe there's a chance of winning. Let game, me, what game, else we got? Game 5, here we go. Here we go. 11 Stanley Cup rings. Okay. The Detroit Red Wings. Henry Richard. All of the setters have combined. I think the Red Wings are good. Who was not, who was the second option? Henry Richard. I will say Richard is a contender. I will say that the Sutters are a pretender. See, this should be the easy one, but it is the hard one for me. Because I don't care how many times a franchise won a Stanley Cup in its 500-year existence. Uh, But it would help me to know it right now. That's for sure. I'm going to say that they're a contender as well. And that the Sutters are the pretender here. Okay. Yeah. So you went contender for Henry Richard. Mm -hmm. He is the player with the most Stanley Cup rings in history with 11. 
See, the part that... The only reason I thought about it was, like, did he even get to 11, though? Like, I know he has the most, but I... Yeah. I was pretty sure the number was 11. All right. Oh, I failed to consider something about the Sutters, but all right. Yes. Um, Brent Sutter was on all four New York Islander Stanley Cup winning. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't think about them as coaches, though, was another thing, too, where I was like, oh, Daryl won as a coach. His brother Dwayne was also on one of those Islanders teams. So that's five. Okay. Daryl Sutter How about won... the other 14 Sutters? Daryl won two as a coach. Yeah. That's seven. Mm-hmm. And that's where it ends. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. It'll be eight this year when the Flames yeah. win the cup. But... Yeah. Uh, and the Detroit Red Wings have won 11 Stanley Cups. Good for third most. Let's so you go. swept it. There it is. Back Let's on go. the board. Nailed there we go. Let's go. He's in the game. Give folks. me a question about Danny Markov or something. Oh, wow. Um, all right. Eight or more playoff appearances. Paul Maurice. Austin Matthews and Nathan McKinnon combined. <laughs> the Florida Panthers. <laughs> there's no way the Panthers made the playoffs eight times. Like, there's just fucking no way. I'm, I'm not submitting my answer yet, but there's no fucking way. All right. Um... Paul Maurice. All right. So, all right. Wow, it's... That's possible. Well, how many do you have with the Jets? Uh, (laughs) I can tell you how many you have with the Leafs. Four? (laughs) Right? Like, they made it last year, the year before, if you count the bubble. I'm going to say at least five, maybe six with the Jets. At least, at least one with the Hurricanes. Eight is the number. Yeah, eight or more. Eight or more. Okay. Um. Right, he did go back to Carolina too, though. And I feel like he was the coach for the run that they had there. Okay. Um. Austin Matthews and Nathan McKinnon combined. Austin Matthews has made the playoffs, if we're counting the bubble, which I think we are, right? Yes, yes, we are. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Every year except the one. So that is five. Because you're six for him, I think. Yeah, okay. McKinnon, I just have to assume, I think. So I think I think Austin Matthews, McKinnon are a contender. Who was the third option? The Florida Panthers. Florida Panthers. Right. They have Sam Bennett now. Um I think that I'm not even gonna think about it. This is a twenty eight year old franchise. I'm not even gonna think about it. Like I just I I I can't see how. The Panthers are a pretender. Okay. McKinnon and Matthews are contenders. Okay. And I think Paul Maurice is a contender. Okay. Yeah. So but I feel good enough about the other two that I'll roll the dice on Maurice. You got Matthews and McKinnon at uh, as a contender with eight. Mm-hmm. It's eight on the nose, though. It's eh? ten. 
I was going to say, five I, each. I felt like McKinnon had been in there more. Five but, each. Okay. The Florida Panthers <laughs> have eight playoff appearances. Oh, they don't. Come April. List them. Currently. What do you mean, come April? Currently, they yeah. have seven. So you are correct. Yeah. They are a pretender. Get fucked. They have seven. They have seven. They have seven. Wow, even that is surprising, but all right. Paul Maurice has made the playoffs as a coach nine times. Let's go. Three with the really? Hurricanes. Sorry, four with the Hurricanes and five with the Olympic Jets. Hmm. Okay. There you go. Good for him. All right, here you go. Game I seven. I hope to see him back in the, the league. The series soon. is tied. Three right, three wrong. Which of these players has captained an NHL franchise? Garnet Axelby. Okay. I got three former Leafs for you. Garnet Axelby. Okay. <laughs> Mikhail Renberg. Travis Green. Tom Fitzgerald. No. All right. Well, I can narrow you one down because at least I know for sure, without a doubt, Tom Fitzgerald is a contender. Okay. He captained the Nashville Predators. Um, Renberg, I think, is a pretender. Well, not I think. Like, I'm I'm 99% sure is a pretender. Okay. I could see him having been the captain of... Um, the Coyotes. But more realistically, when he was a kid and he was unbelievable, I wouldn't be shocked if the Islanders were like, hey, this is the kid. <laughs> hey, you see this kid who's like 20? He's going to oh, be our captain. Look at this guy. Like, oh, he's yeah, pretty like, good. Well, just so you know, he's going to be a penalty-killing fourth-liner in the dead puck era. But um, I think Travis Green is a contender. So I will go contender, green, contender, Fitzgerald, pretender, Renberg. Okay. Yeah. So you're absolutely correct. Tom Fitzgerald was the captain of the National Predators from 1998 until 2002. Fucking right. Mikhail Renberg. No. No. Was the captain. Nope. Of the 1997, nope. 1998. Nope. Tampa Bay Lightning. Nope. They were wrong then. Hmm. In their selection. The uh, the New York Islanders in 1998 made the decision to <laughs> award a 22-year-old kid the captaincy based on how amazing his ability was. Uh, the problem was it was, it was not Travis Green. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> it was Brian McCabe. <laughs> Another form of relief. Travis Green was never an NHL captain. Bummer. You, uh, you, kinda, you lost game seven overtime. That's fine. Yeah. But That's hey, okay. that was a hell of a series. Thank you. Big comeback. Thank you. Um, Did what it could. Speaking of contenders or pretenders, the Edmonton Oilers. Pretenders. <laughs> Let's do it. Is it time? Didn't we talk about them last week? I thought we did. Is it time to blow it up? Oh, we, we didn't get into that, though. Well, they had the big press um, conference. Ken Holland comes... Did you watch the press conference? Oh, I did want to talk about this, though. Yeah, get it. Okay. Was that not maybe the most detrimental press conference that you can remember? It's up there. eh? It's top three. That was fucked. Like, like Like him coming out and having the audacity to say that uh, they have no interest in trading any prospects or picks right now. Mm -hmm. 
to make this team better. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. clearly at the beginning of the year they were cooking. There are pieces here. They're just, you know. Right. And then uh, in the same press conference be like, oh yeah, we're also going to sign Evander Kane, by the way. So, not that he said that, but it was, you know, he hum- he he definitely didn't, he definitely didn't downplay them signing Evander Kane. Yeah. And to me, that was the big issue. They scheduled that press conference. You should downplay signing anybody. I was so sure. I was so sure that they were firing Dave Tippett with that press conference. (laughs) Like, oh, press conference tomorrow, 11 a.m., boom, Dave Tippett's out. Yeah. I I don't care if they're bringing in Mike Babcock. They're doing something. This team needs oh, to terrible. do something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, all all the stars aligned. Except for the fact that uh, Ken Holland would never fire a coach, apparently, midseason. Um, you get the, the Detroit factor there with Babcock. You got Babcock coaching in Alberta. Like, it was just, like, too obvious. And then he sits down and he goes through the motions of saying, yeah, we're keeping our draft picks. We're keeping our prospects. Oh, by the way, these two generational talents that we have that are shattering 30-year-old records. The problem is in the dressing room. The problem is in the dressing room, he said. The problem is in the dressing room. And that's why they brought in Evander Kane six months ago. So, I don't know what... Uh, sorry, not Evander Kane. Duncan Keith. That's why they brought Duncan Keith in. So, I don't know what problem Duncan Keith can't solve in the dressing room. But apparently there is one. Yeah, and you're gonna. Well, I don't add... know if you've read the news recently. I feel like Evander Kane and Duncan Keith have a lot of similar uh, right. ideas. And you're gonna add what is, by all accounts, a dressing room cancer to the dressing room problem. Is it time to blow it up? Do you just trade McDavid at the deadline? <laughs> like, what are you doing here? If you're not gonna move your picks well, at, the, at the deadline, no. And you're not gonna move your prospects. But what are you doing? What are you trying to do? Here's the thing. This is the definition of insanity in sports. Here's the thing. And I'm making this declaration right now, knowing that it's time sensitive. I think we are in in the middle of the seven to ten days that are um, defining Connor McDavid and Edmonton. Like, I think we're living in the time right now. And a lot of people don't know it. And people listening to this might not know it. This is the time that is going to decide. If they don't really, really write everything right now, this is the nail in the coffin on Connor McDavid in Edmonton. For me. And if it's not, then the guy's a fucking idiot and he's fine with losing. But I don't see that out of Connor McDavid. So, well, and I think he wants to win harder than anyone I can really remember. <laughs> you know, and and here's my problem that has, like this 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 monster of a franchise has almost produced a negative viewpoint from myself on Connor McDavid because Connor McDavid has now come forward and very publicly stated that I don't care what Evander Kane has done. Yeah, I want to win. In this league. And he has just put winning above um, some pretty big important issues publicly. And 
is feeding into that narrative of the ugliness of hockey culture. Yeah. And I've lost a lot of respect for Conor McDavid this past week as a result. But at the same time, yeah, I get it. Because the best winger he's had since he's joined this fucking garbage of a franchise is Leon Dreisaitl, who probably isn't a winger. <laughs> right. Right? And beyond that, it's what, Zach Cassian? Kyle Rannis? Kyler Yamamoto? Who, who's fine, right? Mm-hmm. But you're not supporting this player in the prime of his career. You can point to Alex Ovechkin and say, like, that's that's the end goal. You know, we don't care how long it takes as long as we get there. But they've been pointing to Sidney Crosby, and that didn't work out. And then they were pointing to Mario Lemieux, and that didn't po- work out. So this is really your last kind of... Mm-hmm comparison that you can make is that well we admit now that yeah these things don't always necessarily happen overnight and uh we'll get there eventually and that's that that's that's fine i guess on on a on a on a base level but you got to put the work in because you can't just keep sitting back year after year saying well the 41 year old goaltender will be fine and well we're going to keep our pick because in three or four years that pick might really help us well, you might not have three or four years. You might not have four years of this guy at all. <laughs> he might be out the door by that point. Uh, dry sidle, same thing. Could be right behind him. As, as much as everyone talks about Connor McDavid being fed up with this, I think Leon Dreisaitl's going insane. The Maybe, more yeah. the more he talks, like, he sounds fucking done. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You're, you're right. Um... I mean, the the whole thing I have, like, it's not even so much uh, that they haven't given Connor McDavid players to play with. Because, like, for me, like, going back with it, it's like, well, yeah, but, like, even when he was on a line with fucking Ryan Spooner and Zach Cassie and he was still putting up insane numbers. And it's like, he, he could legitimately play with just about anyone. Well, and we said the same thing about Crosby at the height of his powers, right? Like, Mark and, and I and do agree, Chris And Tunis, I do agree with right? that, too. Like, the whole thing for me is the issue when they come off the ice, what's going on. But... It's not the forward group for me in Edmonton now. It's the defense group because as much as we were all like, wow, like Darnell Nurse turned into a big defenseman last year. And it's like, yeah, okay, like maybe. Uh, But now that he's not scoring goals, you look at his analytics numbers and it's like, oh, they're bad. And it's like, well, yeah, it turns out when Darnell Nurse isn't scoring at like a 23-goal pace, uh, he actually sucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, well, that that makes sense, you know. (laughs) You know, like uh, you shouldn't be shocked to see that. You have Tyson Berry, you have Cody Cece, Duncan Keith. Uh, like, this this blue line's abysmal. And um, the problem is, is that if they ever have to play in their own end, how quickly is it getting out of their own end? And how quickly, if they give up an odd man rush, is it getting defended by the defenseman to break something up? Not often. Um, like, like, this is a team where the narrative's the fucking same as it's always been. It is a... Instead of it being a two-man team like it used to be, it's about a five- to six-man team. But even within those five- to six-men, just because two of them are the best in the world, doesn't mean that Zach Hyman is automatically your fucking uh, 
um, your Duncan Keith proxy in Chicago, like your number three player happens to be also one of the best in the world? Like, no. Mm-hmm. Zach Hyman is not. Zach Hyman is a top six winger in the league, and that's where you draw the line. Um, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a top six winger in the league, and that's where you draw the line. Darnell Nurse is a top two, probably, defenseman. I don't think that he is your number one, let alone a stud defenseman. Like, it's the same fucking shit that it's always been with this team. And uh, do they blow it up? I don't think they're going to have a choice if they literally don't figure it out within the next week and a half. And maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I genuinely think we're living in that time where it's going to be like, the next few games, if they go sour, you're going to play that 4-1 loss against the Rangers over and over again where Dave Tippett's like, oh, we need better goaltending. Like, well, you scored one goal. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, you know, like, maybe ask your stars to be better that night. Like, that would be a night to get mad at McDavid, maybe. Uh, not necessarily that they should, but even that would have been like, sure. Yeah, okay. Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing calling out your goaltender? Who? Yeah, he's bad. Why is he in the net then? You have fucking Stuart Skinner in the minor leagues. Like, what, what are we talking about? You're playing fucking Miko Koskinen. You're getting mad at him for being in the net? You're the one who signs the game sheet. <laughs> so, yeah, blow it up. Uh, sure. Whatever. Blow it up. I, I'm, I'm done with this regime in Edmonton. It's, it's at the point now where I was a Daryl Cates fan, and I'm literally at the point where it's like someone needs to buy this team. Because it's starting from the ownership down. Because you're, if you're telling me that you have the best player to ever play hockey on the fucking team, and you can't find a way to be, like, at least just a playoff contender every year, it, 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 it this organization is poisoned from the inside out. Uh, McDavid and Dreisel finished 1-2 in scoring in 2019-2020. Again, last year, during the, uh, the shortened season. And uh, currently are tied this year for leading the league in, in scoring as well. Bridge, can you tell me the last time two guys from the same team went 1-2 in league scoring three years in a row? Three years in a row? God, you got to stop quizzing me. <laughs> Too drunk for this. Three years in a row? I don't know, Yager Lemieux? I have no idea. Doesn't doesn't even make sense, but yeah, it's never happened before. Yeah. Um, yeah. My mistake. My mistake. It, it happened. Esposito and Or went one, two, three years in a row in the seventies. Sure. My mistake. I'm so sorry. I missed that one. I don't care. Um, that's the only other time it's ever happened. Yeah, it's before the salary cap, so it just makes right. sense. So right. Um. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't know. I, f- I feel bad for Edmonton fans to be able to watch a guy that, um, cause even, even like as a Leaf fan, when I watch Matthews, I'm now at the point where I sit there and like every shift I'm like, holy fuck. Mm-hmm. But like a few years ago, like it was like, yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's that, you know, I didn't necessarily think he was like that amazing, but I watch him now and it's like. This guy, this guy's like a top three player in the NHL. This guy's fucking sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't imagine having like the the definition of a generational talent 
putting up five points in a night and they somehow find a way to lose 6-5 or some shit. Like, that's fucked up to me, you know? And as much as I will bitch about the Leafs, like, they're... I, I don't know. They're way less frustrating than this, I think. This is a this is a team in Edmonton that has like no cap space. Yeah, how? You were getting a discount on both of these guys, like beyond belief. The fact that Connor McDavid is not like a maxed out player for a contract. Well, well, sure, but it, but even still, like Drysaitel, what is eight point five, and he produces he produces at a rate where you look at Artemi Panarin makes twelve million a year. Oh yeah. Who would you rather have at twelve million? Panarin, maybe? It's But it's close. But, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. if it's even a conversation, like, who would you rather have at 11 million? Drysidle or Marner? I'd rather have Drysidle. <laughs> like, no, really? No. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know? No. It, it, it's insane. They have filled the gaps around these two guys with so much crap. It's unbelievable. And I don't think you can pin this all on one I don't person. even think I can name their 12 forwards right now. Okay, I won't quiz you. You're drunk. But, you I don't think you can necessarily pin everything on Ken Holland, but he's not helped. He hasn't moved the no. ball forward. You know what I mean? No. He, he, was, he, put, he got put into a bad situation. I will give him that. But he's not dug himself I, out. I, I would argue he's done a worse job because all he's done is waste time. That's fair. The fact that he is not willing to move the assets that tomorrow do not matter for reinforcements, for help. Like, like, don't look it up, but, like, how many times do you think the Penguins fucking drafted in the first round between, like, 2008 and 2020? Five? Maybe? I would think it's probably five. Should we look it up? We should look it up. Fuck it. I'll look it up. But, like, uh, this whole time where it's just, you you know, like, you want to compare Crosby to, um, you want to compare Crosby to McDavid kind of thing. Like, I I would argue that McDavid is having more of an effect on the sport uh, on a night-to-night basis than Crosby did in his prime right now. So what did you you say? Crosby, so 05 to current? I said said 08 to current. So so 08. No first round pick, nothing in the first three rounds. Oh okay. nine first round pick, twenty ten first round pick, twenty eleven first round pick, twenty twelve two first round picks. <laughs> That's five. All right. Well, fuck. Okay, but then twenty fourteen or twenty twelve, twenty thirteen no, twenty fourteen one, twenty twelve nothing, twenty sixteen nothing, twenty seventeen nothing, twenty eighteen nothing, twenty nineteen one, twenty twenty nothing, twenty twenty one nothing. So you're off by two. It's pretty good. How they have first round two first round picks twenty twelve good for them, um, but you know what I mean like it's it's a team where and like even when when you look at those too though right like what do those first round picks turn into uh, Simone Dupre nothing, Bo Bennett nothing, uh, Joe Morrow nothing, uh, Oli Mata I they probably got some sort of a return for him via trade, uh, Pouliot I think they traded for a rental like like that's not a bad draft, Kapanen they turned into Kessel. Like, like, fair enough. But at the end of the day, like, what did they really turn those first round picks into? Not, not much of anything. No. Right? They flipped their high picks for trades and kind of went from there. And, um, you know, but, th- but this is a team, too, where you, like, you even dive into their later picks. Like, uh, 
since since 2008, right? Like nothing in 2008. I don't know why I keep picking that to be the year. Uh, like 2010, they turn Brian Russ third rounder, Tom Kuhnhackle fourth rounder. Mm-hmm. Like they find players. Mm-hmm. 2011, Harrington, Archibald, Wilson. They turn into players. Bluger, Sunquist, Matt Murray in 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gensel, Jari, 2013. Kapanen, good player. Now they have him back. It all kind of worked out right. Uh, Lafferty is playing for, or was playing for them. Sprong, Simone in 2015. Like, this is a team that's managed to find guys out of draft picks. And I think that's the big thing with the Oilers. When you look at their draft record, like, the one of the only later round picks that I can think of that they've had in recent memory is John Marino, who fucking plays for the Penguins. Yeah. Well, let, let's do the same experiment with, with the Oilers. You, sure. got, you got 08, so you got Eberle. Hey, he's hopping you right now, that's for sure. Um, Pyarvi. Didn't work out. Well, and, and I mean, I'm sure we've mentioned on the show. But Everly maybe being the most fucked up use of an asset that they've ever had. Sure. Or, or like that I've ever seen. Where it just turns into uh, Ryan Spooner, who turns into Ryan Strom, who turns into Sam Gagne. Right. Who they had when they had Jordan Everly, who turned into nothing. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? You know? So, so, so oh wait, I'll, I'll go guys that played 200 games in the league. Just for a benchmark. That's that's only two and a half seasons. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you got Everly in 08. That's it. From that entire draft class. That's it. 09, you got Pyarvi. Most of that not spent with the Oilers. Anton Lander. Never. Uh, 2010, you got Taylor Hall. Well, he'd be nice to have right about now. Tyler Pitlick. I don't have him. Martin Marincin. Oof. Uh, 2011, Nugent Hopkins. Great pick. Not... A first overall pick, but a good player. Oscar that, Clef- that year he probably yeah. was even. No. Oscar Clefbaum, sure, if he could stay healthy. Uh, yeah, that I mean that's a tough one. I sure. think I think they did their job on that, but whatever. Tobias Reader, fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twenty twelve. What do you got here? You got Neil Yakubov. Oof. Uh, Jujar Kara. He's doing pretty good for somebody else. Eric Gustafson. Oh, he's bad. He's doing pretty good for not Edmonton. Uh, Darnell Nurse in twenty thirteen. That's it. Leon Dreisaitl, sure. Absolutely. Carmen David, fantastic. Good pick. The next year. Uh, well, it's, it's worth noting even in that draft, though. Ethan Bear and John Marino. Yeah, uh, for sure. Who are both doing very good elsewhere. Jesse Pugliarvi. Really not living up to the fourth overall. He's been good this year. He's but, fine. But, He's good. But even still. He's more they, in that red Ryan Nugent Hopkins era. Really. They picked him fourth overall. Exactly. It's not like they found him in the fucking yeah. second round or some shit out of nowhere. Like. And then from there you've got Kyler Yamimoto. Stuart Skinner who should <clears throat> maybe get another call up. Uh, oh shit. Evan Bouchard. I got high hopes for him. And then we're two, two reasons to say. But like last year. Xavier Bougot. Who? Who? Never heard of this guy. He's not going to help you. Dylan Holloway, the year before that. Great. Another depth centerman. Because he's a centerman. And he's going to play behind the two greatest centermen in the world. Currently. Well, he won't by that point. Well, not, well, not by that point. Maybe. But you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a team that doesn't really seem to be addressing a lot of needs. If you're going to draft a guy in the first round who's a centerman to play behind McDavid and, and, and Drysaddle, would that asset maybe not be better served uh, traded elsewhere to maybe yeah. bring in another piece. I don't yeah. get it. 
This team is flawed. This team is bound by extraordinary players, um, but led by incompetent, blind idiots. I think is how I'll put it. Yeah, well, uh, like, even... Sure, like, let's say Broberg turns into something. Sure. But, but you know, at what point are they ever going to trade Broberg versus giving him an opportunity? You know, like, like it seems like they're unwilling to actually give him that opportunity. And so, um, you know, like, 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 how is he helping them win now? And how do they figure he's helping them win in the future when... Uh, Connor McDavid is in his prime today. In a prime like we've never seen. Currently. With Leon Dreisaitl on the team. I, I don't know. It, it's tough. But I, I, th- I feel like we've spent enough time just being. We sure have. The Oilers are annoying. Um, real quick, Quebec City met with the NHL again. Ugh, let's go back to the Oilers. Uh, sure, okay. Tell, tell me. I don't know about this. Oh, okay. Uh, they, they met with uh, Gary Bittman, Bill Daly, the other day, uh, just to talk about the... Any different than the meeting a month ago? Uh, we're going to keep them on the back burner, is, is how Gary put it. Um, look... Didn't know he was British. Yeah. Look, British the, NHL, Gary the NHL loves Quebec City, but they love having... Who doesn't? I love Quebec City. I've never been there. They love having them as, like... You know how, like, you get to, um... Get to a point where you're like dating a girl, and you're like, okay, well, you know, she's uh, she's really cool, and we hang out a lot, but she's not really giving me anything, um, uh, attention-wise. Um, and then it's like that's yeah, usually opposite of the problem, right? And then it's like, oh, well, she's she's got a boyfriend, but she keeps coming back to talk to me, so I'm sure she likes me, <laughs> you know. And uh, that's what the NHL has with Quebec City. It, mm. It's that. It's that little, it's that little guy that just you know that if you needed something, they'll do something for you. You know, if, so if what you've got to move so a who, franchise. Who am I in that situation? I'm Quebec City, and I'm dating someone that I like, but the NHL has a boyfriend. Like I like the NHL. The NHL has a boyfriend. Who, who NHL am I? has a boyfriend, and I'm it's called Quebec the Arizona City. Coyotes. But they right, know, the boyfriend sucks, but I'm mint. Right. And I'm willing to entertain. And, and you're and you're like every once in a while the they'll like let you rub their feet. <laughs> oh, so okay. And it's No, like, I've never been in that situation. Right. Okay. So they love having Quebec around because they have the arena. You know they can sell the building out tomorrow if they oh, have to. Yeah, cockhold is what you're looking there for. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> They're never going to put a new team in Quebec on purpose, because then you lose your safety net. Right? Mm-hmm. Think about how sure. the entire process of moving Atlanta to Winnipeg went, where three weeks prior... Unbelievable. Three weeks prior, you got Gary Bettman saying, hey, any we're team, not looking to move anybody. Has any team moved just so swiftly <laughs> in the history of sports? Like, I'm g- genuinely, like, I don't... Maybe the St. Louis Rams to L.A., it it's was, the only one I can remember in my lifetime where I was like, yeah, all right. Cool. It was like just Mark Shipman got a phone call yeah. Monday morning like, yeah, we're coming on Thursday. He's like, oh, shit, I got a sweep. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, uh, so this group bought the bought the uh, Thrashers. Don't think anything of it. Oh, okay. All right. So, uh, anyway, uh, welcome back. Here's the highlight of the uh, Rogers Cup here on TSN. And we're going live to Winnipeg. James Duthie's there with Mark 
Chipman? Who the hell is Mark Chipman? <laughs> like, just like, it's with great pleasure that I announce the purchase of the Atlanta Thrashers. I'm like, oh yeah, no, that's that's fair. We are moving them to Winnipeg. Here's the plan. And I'm like, holy oh, fuck. fuck. Yeah. Oh my god. And you grab the side of your seats and I'm like, this is great. So, for those that don't remember, um, Vegas, the NHL says, wait, we're going to expand. We're going to expand. We're going to go from 30 to 32. And Vegas says, yes, we'd like a seat at the table. And and, and the NHL goes, that's fantastic. We're going to consider your application. And Quebec goes, we have an application. They're like, all right. Anybody else? Seattle, perhaps? And Seattle's like, no, no, we're good. And they're like, oh, well, we're going to go with Vegas. And they just don't, mm-hmm. you know, even even pretend to, to uh, entertain Quebec's offer. And then a couple years later... He gets enough money out of Canada. Right. A couple years later, they're like, you know what, we should probably balance this out to 32 teams each. And then Quebec's like, hey, remember us? They're like, yeah, but you're in the east. We need somebody mm-hmm. in the west. And then they go to Seattle. So... You've got this problem that's going on in Phoenix, which I'm, I'm sure everyone's aware of, and, and how they don't have a home to play in next season. I never heard about this. Um, Quebec, I don't know if you heard of this, they have a home to play in, mm-hmm. and and they're, they're nice. standing at the side of the road trying to wave in the proverbial plane to land in Quebec. And Gary Bettman, the pilot, is just like, I don't know. I don't see the runway. we we, we got to find a runway here. And uh, there's no runway in Phoenix. So I don't know what Gary's going to do. But um, I don't know. I, I think the fact that they met is interesting, if only because of, again, the timing with Phoenix. It's this, again, this knock on the door of, yeah, you're not going to give us an expansion team, but we are ready to go tomorrow. If you need to put these guys somewhere, here's our number. I like that. I think it's interesting. Um, I've got a few places I would put the team before I go back to Quebec City, but I don't know. Like uh, this is it's a Canadian city, and we're Canadians, so I suppose we should mention it. It is a beautiful arena yes. that sits eighteen thousand people. More, I thought, but fair eighteen. Uh, twenty uh, eighteen two fifty nine for hockey. Oh, I would have said like twenty thousand. Um, <laughs> uh, for concerts, yes. There it is. Uh, it's almost like I have the data in front of me. Oh, interesting. Um, seventh largest indoor arena in Canada. What? Yeah, it's bigger than MTS, I guess. Yeah, I guess the rest would be bigger. I just hadn't thought about the rest being bigger. I know it's bigger than MTS, but oh, I see. It was more so like. I don't know which one I thought was smaller. Anyway, um, yeah, no, like it, it, it's supposed to be a beautiful arena, and, and and that's the whole thing, right? Is they have that ready to go, where if, if shit hits the fan with Arizona or any other team, you know, who's to say I'm not gonna, you know, disparage any teams here, but if shit hits the fan with Arizona, they can move it to Quebec City overnight, similar to how they did it with Winnipeg, and it just is gonna work itself out. Right, and so like you're you're right. I think uh, the meeting is a formality in a way, but I think they have Quebec on the back burner for a reason. Yeah, because like if they didn't have that arena, there's no reason that the NHL would ever answer the phone from, from Quebec City anymore. Mm-hmm. It's the the girl the annoying girl has a job now, and so you're relying on her income. I guess. 
I don't know, because the NHL's a skeezy guy, and they're just looking to rope oh, their the way girlfriend. In. The NHL's the girlfriend. Yeah. So the guy has money now. No, the guy's broke living on her couch. The uh, Quebec City's broken living on no, her couch? No, uh, you're not the boyfriend. So who's the Quebec boyfriend City? is Arizona. <laughs> they're broke, they're living on the couch. She is supporting all so of their So does Quebec needs. City have a job or not? Well, Quebec City is very well put together. They're just French. <laughs> I already knew that. Could have told you that. Yeah, they have a car. It's not great. They have a job. It's fine. Um, they're not tall. They're not strong. <laughs> they're not interesting in any capacity. But they're loyal. They're dependable. And they're respectful. Whereas Arizona is hot. It's foreign. But it's broke. But they're a mess. They're a musician living on your couch talking about their next big break. Easy. It's never coming. Easy there with the musician card. Hmm. Yeah. They are not howling for you, you might say. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> uh, we should touch on the fact that the NHL named their all-star teams. Yeah. Um, can I ask you a question? Hmm. Why are they doing the All-Star game this year? Well, because they always do the All-Star game. No, I understand that, James, but, like, with the amount of COVID... COVID. 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 <laughs> Mama mentality. Command. Whatever that virus is that all the kids are talking about these days. I got the COVID. I got, I got that COVID. I got, yeah. I got that COVID. I don't know. I live in a van down by the river. I don't right. have to deal with these people. Um, no, but, but like, uh, with the amount of the uh, disease running through the league at the moment, um, if there ever was a super spreader event, it's like, let's get a guy from all 32 <laughs> teams <laughs> to go drink beers with each other for a fucking weekend. What? <laughs> Logistic, like, I understand why the All-Star Game exists, and I would never be like, stop doing the All-Star Game. Like, whatever, like, I'm sure people like it. Children. If you say so. And so, uh, you keep doing it. I get it. Oh, by the way, the, the but, party's in Vegas. Just, I, th I don't put that out there. So here's the other problem I have with that, too, was I found that out today. Um, so... That's the only, as I've t I've said it on the podcast before, I'm sure, that's the only destination if I were an NHL player, I would go to the All-Star game, probably. Other than, like, L.A., San Jose, Tampa Bay, maybe Seattle, because I think Seattle's cool, personally, but, like... New York? Most people don't. I'd probably skip it. And so, um... You're luring all of them in. It's going to be a 32-team fucking super spreader. And there's going to be COVID issues on the offside of the break. And I guess it works out with the Olympic break, but wouldn't you ideally like to use that Olympic break to reschedule some of the postponed games? And I don't know if you're allowed to, because well, it might be a CBA issue, but... Here's the thing. Um, so they already had an all-star game worked into the schedule, so it has nothing to do with the, uh, the Olympic break. This was going to happen 
with or without the Olympics. I know, I know that, but I, I, I guess what I'm talking about is, like, in hindsight, maybe it works out now that you have that break where it's like everyone just quarantines because there's no games anyway. But why would we push games into May when we have three weeks of no hockey where no one's going anywhere now? Like, well, wouldn't you move games up in are, theory? Aren't they moving them into the Olympic break, though? I, I have no idea. Oh, I thought that was the plan. I would imagine... I thought that was the plan, to move these games into the Olympics. I don't know if they can because then... of CBA, because CBA uh, built in the contingency that they 100% were going to the Olympics, and whoever wasn't going to the Olympics had that time off. I, I think you'll find a COVID clause in the I would hope so. break, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it's kind of crazy as well, mm-hmm. but I also think it's, again, like one of those things that they already had planned. It's not like they're sacrificing I, anything i get the all-star games not for us like yeah. it it might work its way onto my tv and i'm not gonna be like ugh, this is terrible like i'll like it's fine yeah but um it's literally like you know boston it's, arizona on a monday night for me is like yeah. i might like whatever if i'm in the mood to watch it, i might if, watch it if but. the game was a month earlier i would be shocked that it was gonna happen but i'm naive and hopeful and stupid that perhaps the situation will be in a better How dare position you call come. yourself stupid well come on i sure, sure. i'm, I'm on. counting against the rise of covid which How dare you talk about my guy I like that don't know if that's plausible in the united states of america it's probably going to happen so let let's talk about the selections i guess is what we were getting at right all right, so the Atlantic. So got... so so we. No no say the selections no no it's better that I say this after. Okay, so the Atlantic, uh, you've got uh, Jack Campbell from Toronto Maple Leafs. Awesome, fantastic, cool. Like, uh, yeah. You got awesome. Victor Hedman. Awesome. Uh, the Tampa Lightning. You got Patrice Bergeron from Boston. You got Jonathan Huberdeau from Florida. Yep, unbelievable. Uh... Vasilevsky, I think, in there, right? Uh, Dylan Larkin is the Detroit representative. I guess if you have to send somebody from Detroit, that's fine. Mm, Not who I would pick from Detroit. Uh, Not even in the the top three Red Wings I would send, actually. Drake Batherson from Ottawa, that's pretty cool. Good pick. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, very good pick. You got Captain Austin Matthews. Mm -hmm. Great guy. It says here uh, Nick Suzuki mm. and Rasmus Dahlin. Want to know something awesome? Mm. Nick Suzuki, nineteen points, goes to the All Star game. Mm. Corey Perry, yeah, has twenty points this season. <laughs> like, like, obviously, we know this wouldn't have happened, but. There's potential he would be leading the Montreal Canadiens in points. So. That's... No, he has 20. That doesn't sound right, though. <laughs> um, that's, yeah, the, that's Atlantic. Like, if you have to send someone from every team, obviously, who else are you sending from Montreal? Like, I understand that. Uh... And if you have to send some of them every team, who the fuck are you sending other than Rasmus Dalin? I understand that. Yeah, I guess so. But this would be the one year where 
I wouldn't necessarily encourage like people from Montreal flying to Vegas. And I would be like, oh, we're just going to do like the best players. Look, and I get it. The last time you guys were in Vegas, it went really well. But <laughs> I don't want to make that trip again. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Central. So. You want to hear about the Central? Sure. You got Kyle Connor from the Winnipeg Jets. Very good. Yeah. Kale McCarr from the Colorado Avalanche. Unbelievable. Wow. Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov. Love him. Well. Love him. Uh, you got Captain Nathan McKinnon, Colorado Avalanche. You know, can't go wrong there. Yep. Alex DeBrincat. Very, very good. Sure. Yeah, very absolutely. Good. Clayton Keller, I, I think, is... I was going to say, I actually really like yeah. this team on a three-on-three format. Yeah, I actually think it. this team's disgusting. It's pretty it's, sick. Yeah. Jordan Cairo. Gross. Like... He's gross. It's one of those it's one of those ones where you like you look at it and you're like oh from St. Louis like don't they have anybody else better and you're like well outside of maybe Ryan O'Reilly, no. <laughs> the Blues are a weird one where like I have watched a shit ton of their games this year. Really? Just I don't know why it's just worked out that way. I have a bunch of them in fantasy. He is disgusting. Like Jordan Cairo is is among the best mm. players on this team. He's gross. Um, Joe Pavelski. I guess. We do love Joe. I guess. I I, I mean I'm trying to think maybe if if Dallas could have sent a second defenseman. No, like division. Pavelski's the guy, but. Hmm. Hmm. Cam Talbot. <laughs> <laughs> like, look, they're having a great season. Connor Hellebuck's in that division. He sure is. Just don't send Kyle Connor. Or don't send Too Wild. Sure. <laughs> you know, like, I guess. like send That's Two Jets. Too. I don't know. Right? I think I'm fine with Talbot, but it's, I don't know. That's well, weird, he'd be but... fine as the backup to Hellebuck. But no, he's the backup to what I assume is UC Soros. Yeah, Soros is awesome. You can... I guess. You gotta have Saros in that. Metro. Oh, yeah, well, so. Um, are we gonna have the big debate after yeah, this? About, okay, alright. All right. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Metro. You got Captain Ovechkin. That's pretty cool, considering he's, like, given up in the last couple, so. You make him the captain, I guess he has to go. I would do the same thing where it's like. I didn't go. For the longest time. But I'll go this year. Fuck it. Let's go. Yeah, I'm third in, I'm I'll go. Third in scoring. Yeah, yeah why not? Yeah, should go. Yeah. Um, I don't really know where to go from here. Uh, Sebastian Ajo is pretty cool. Yeah. Freddie Anderson's having a great season. Sure. Uh, Adam Fox, running Norris Trophy winner. Yeah. You know? Very good. Very good. Uh, Claude Giroux used to be cool, but Philly's yeah. not great, so I guess that's okay. your guy, right? There are definitely better players in the division. Jack Hopefully Hughes. you're going to about to announce them. Jack, Jack Hughes, Hughes is... Up and coming. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's going to get there. Jack Hughes one of those guys. Ah, uh, Jack Hughes. Um, Jack Hughes. <laughs> How about a... <laughs> How about another inviting game of Jack Hughes? <laughs> 
Yeah, that. <laughs> Booksmart, uh, Olivia Wilde, folks. Oh, you yeah. gotta you gotta check it out. Um, Zach Rensky. Yeah. Okay. I don't know where to go next. Um, Chris Kreider? Having a very a, good year. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, of, of the list of guys of the second Ranger you're going to send, it's Chris Kreider. Not Igor Shosturkin, Artemi Panarin, Mika Zabinijad. Who are their goalies at that division sent? Well, we talked about Freddie Anderson who's having a great season. Sure. And uh, the Pittsburgh representative, Tristan Yari. Also having a very good year. Yeah, and that's fair. Yeah, that's tricky. That's fair. Because I would have said Shesterkin. Um, Over Crowder. Yeah. But if yeah, you're you would send, think you would send Panarin. If you're gonna just because it's Panarin. Well, that's just it, right? Like, if you're going to send a second guy from any of these teams. You know what I mean? Like, I you know. go Panarin, I guess. Or I'm, I'm, go, fine. I'm fine with that, I guess. I don't well, know. This, um, who's left? Who right at me? Oh, right, uh, Adam Pellick. Yeah. Now I am, <laughs> <clears throat> I am a massive Adam Pellick guy. Massive. Really? M- like massive. I I I think he is for sure the best defensive defenseman in the NHL. Now, having said that. <laughs> the Leafs sent Dmitry Yuskevich in a year where there was like a million all-stars like everyone made the all-star game back then right um, sure can it was like the MLB all-star game you could just send whoever and it was fine um, <laughs> Pelic is not an all-star this year well apparently he is he, 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 I still think is the best defensive defenseman in the NHL, but that team is so bad defensively, I don't know how you can make that fucking argument, you know? And, like, even if you send Barzell, like, I, I, I don't understand how you even send Bar like, like, the, that is one team where they've just been bad enough that I don't think under any circumstance... That they send a fucking guy. And and that's the way I see it. It's just like, I, 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 I think that is the one sort of team where we've gotten to where you can kind of just be like, I don't really know how this team deserves more than a couple of guys. Because they've been that bad. You're sending guys on precedence and it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, well, you know, that leaves us with the Pacific Division, I guess. <clears throat> uh, you got... Uh... Captain Connor McDavid. Wow. An, all, an all-star in every sense of the word. Great pick. Uh, Whoever made that pick, fuck, they should probably be running the Edmonton Oilers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's also going with co-leading scorer. Wow. Leon Dreisaitl. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Crazy. Whoever picked both of them. Should be running the Edmonton Oilers. And, you know, we mentioned the game is in Vegas, right? So they're sending their captain, Mark Stone. That's fine. Yeah. No, that that's a that's the right pick, for and, sure. And, and their big signing, Alex Petrangelo, he's going. 
That's pretty cool. A couple okay. of name value guys that they can get. I think Pachangelo's still a star in the league, at least, right? Whenever it's in a place's uh, town, it's kind of like, yeah, just send whichever. Um, Petrandlo's been fine enough yeah. where it's not like, wow, he shouldn't be an all-star. I would send Shea yeah. Theodore. Yeah. But that's the team. That's everyone? Yeah. Yeah, they should send more guys. Oh. They're, they're going to get outworked. <laughs> it's going to be a three-on-three tournament with one spare. Fuck. Well, at least we'll get to finally see what could have been with McDavid and Eberle, because they said all crack and are sending Jordan Eberle. Uh, Johnny Goudreau okay. from the Calgary Flames. Sending Eberle? Yeah. Because yeah. their goaltender sucks. Okay, but you have to send someone. Yeah. So why is it not McCann? Is he hurt still? I thought he was still hurt. No, he's healthy. No, then I don't know why. I thought he's, he was hurt. He's very good. He's pretty good. He has like 17 goals or some shit. You should probably send him. Uh, all right. Johnny Goudreau, Calgary Flames. Sure, I guess. Yeah, Johnny Hockey's all right. He's pretty good. For sure. Uh, Timo Meyer. Yeah. Yeah? Good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's like seventh in points. He's really? fucking, yeah. He's, cool. Yeah, yeah. That was why I was wondering earlier how much you've paid attention to. I feel like we can map on to each other's. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Adrian Campe having a great year. Not... Not really. All-star year. Not really. Well, he's having a career year. He's having a fine year. As a proud fantasy owner of Adrian Kempe, he's having a... You have Cage Kempe? I sure do. I had him earlier. He's year, doing Last good. year, maybe, whatever it was. Yeah, no. He's been fine. Like, of, like who else would you just have the Kings, though? I guess is the question. Right, like Doughty, Kopitar, I guess. For sure. Doughty? For sure. Oof. Point per game. Well, you've already got the one defenseman in Petrangelo, so I don't know... I need two defensemen, but yeah. Why would a three-on-three team ever need more than one defenseman? Right. Like, are these fucking people out of their goddamn gourd? Metro ha- have you have you have you never fucking played three-on-three? Three? You don't understand how three-on-three three fucking works. Atlantic like, that's two. my big issue with all these teams. Like, there's no defenseman. I understand that like forwards can play the role of defensemen. Are you telling me that defensemen are that invaluable that every division shouldn't send two fucking defensemen? Yeah. And that is dumb mm. to me. That's uh, fucking stupid. So, um, yeah, I would send Drew Doughty as the King's representative. I understand that Drew Doughty is not as good as he used to be. But Drew Doughty should be at the fucking All-Star game this year. Because he has like 18 points in 17 games. It's been mm. fantastic. We've not mentioned the goaltenders yet for the Pacific Division. Mm. I'm mad, so. It's John Gibson from Anaheim. Good, he's good. Well, he's fine. <laughs> not, not the guy from Anaheim, I would have sent. Uh, and uh, Thatcher Demko. Yeah. Mm. Who else would that do? Oh, uh, Leonard. Leonard should go over Petrangelo. And then... Dowdy should go over Kempe. And then Zegra should go over Kempe. Yeah. 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 Also, um, uh, Troy Terry... Is in that division, so sure. Either one of them. He's like fourth in the NHL in goals. Should probably be there. It's kind of fucked up. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's disappointing. It's it's one of those years where I feel like there's a lot of guys. You look at the last man in ballots, and and even those I think are not right. Like it's just. Uh, 
It's not one of those games where I really necessarily care about uh, watching it. But I might watch it if it were a little more correct, too, though. Like, it, it, it's, um... I don't know, it's tough to say. Because even, like, you look, uh... I don't have it in front of me right now, but it's just, like, The Last Man in Ballot for, uh... Yeah. For The Atlantic is, um... Tavares O'Reilly. Like, or Nylander. Like, 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 or, exactly, like, if you're gonna vote in any other Leaf as the last man in, it should not be John Tavares in that situation. It's not like he's been bad, it's just like, yeah, you have O'Reilly and Nylander. And I feel like a lot of teams have that sort of gripe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Troy Terry should be an automatic all-star. They're, like, no circumstance that he shouldn't be automatically in the all-star game. Troy Terry has been good enough this year that find a fucking way to make the goaltending work. And he is your duck if you're sending a duck. It's like, you're, you're going to include the, you know, these 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 guys in the list. Like, going back to it, like Dylan Larkin from Detroit, like, like you mentioned, there's a few names ahead of Dylan Larkin that we should be talking about in Detroit. <clears throat> and, uh, they don't necessarily have a lot of experience, but like Lucas Raymond, Maurice Sider, Alex Nijelkovic. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Absolutely. Um, so, let, let, let's... Do you, sorry, do you want to go through the, the last man standing list? Do you want to go through that or not? Or Quickly. Yeah? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. the Atlantic, you got Shirley McAvoy, the only defenseman. Uh, Tage Thompson, Lucas Raymond, Alex Barkov, Toffoli, Brady Kachuk, Steve Stamkos, John Tavares. Barkov, for me, for sure. Tavares is kind of a interesting selection from the Leafs. Like, Weird. Like, good season, but... Yeah. But, like, you, you know that the Leafs are going to get the votes, and so Tavares is the most media-friendly one to pick. I guess so. Because they... You know, like... As a Leaf fan, but I have to approach this as an outsider. Man, oh man, has the media loved John Tavares since he was fucking 16 years old. And it's just one of those things where it's like, the guy can fucking do no wrong. And it's... Yeah, no, Riley and Nylander have been notably better than him since Mm -hmm. the start of the year. So if you have to put a Leaf on the list, um, either of them are worthy of a all-star selection, to be honest with you. Um, if we didn't do an all-team format, Riley and Nylander automatically are there. But, so, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the Metro, uh, we've got all forwards here. Uh, Svechnikov from the Hurricanes, uh, Jacob Voracek from the Blue Jackets, uh, Jesper Bratt, the Devils, Matthew Barzell, Mika Zibanejad, Cam Atkinson, Jake Gensel, and Evgeny Kuznetsov. Yes for Brat for me. No Crosby. Well, he's not gonna go anyway. <laughs> well, could you make the same argument with Ovechkin anyway? Ovechkin's gone to a bunch of them. Recently? I don't know. <laughs> like, that's the thing. I don't know right? about like, recently, yeah. Like to me, like both of them have just been like, yeah, fuck that. And like they both just skipped. Ovi's skipped a few, but I feel like he goes to most. Really, eh? Um, 
Yeah, he won his Cro- cup. Crosby's a weird one, though. Like, yeah. like if, if Crosby's worthy, you should nominate him. Who's over him? Gensel? Yeah. I mean, Gensel's like had a not, better year, but it's the, only because Crosby's the team played. scoring leader, Evan Rodriguez. But Yeah, that's the other problem for me, too. Uh, the Central has got uh, our sweet, sweet boy, Phil Who, Kessel. Who's going for Pittsburgh? Jari. Jari. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Central has our sweet, sweet boy, Phil Kessel. My boy. Our sweet, sweet boy, Nazem Kadri. Uh, Seth Wait, Jones. What? Huh? Central has Phil Kessel nominated for Last Man In. Oh, Last Man In. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah, my okay. bad. Yeah, uh, as long as, uh, as well as, sorry, Nazem Kadri. start from the top. I gotta get rid of that. Central has uh, our sweet, sweet boy, Phil Kessel. Uh, our sweet, sweet boy, Nazem Kadri. Uh, Seth Jones. <laughs> our sweet, sweet boy's uh, brother, right. Jason Robertson. Yeah. Ryan Hartman from the Wild. I had, I say that because I didn't know what team Ryan Hartman played for. <laughs> yeah, he's still that. in the league. It's awesome, yeah. actually. It's kind of cool. Uh, Roman Yossi from the Predators. Robert Thomas from the Blues. And, what? Uh, and um, not Connor Hellebuck from the Jets. Robert Thomas. Like from um, Matchbox 20. Okay. Yeah. So as someone that has only watched the Blues this year, I'm going to get mad about that one. And I feel like it's the right one to get mad about. Uh, Kairu's the only one who went. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. The only one? You got it. That's it. That's the one. Just Jordan Kyrou. Only one. Not another blue. Single blue. So Ryan O'Reilly's still in the blues. Also, fucking Pavel Buchnevich has been unbelievable. Also, uh... Say it. Maybe Tori Krug, I would say. Oh, okay. But, okay. Who, would you, who were you thinking of? Oh, Tarasenko. Eh, All-star game. Yeah. Hmm. O'Reilly, though. Robert Thomas. 100%. Yeah, and then, uh, like I said, not Connor Hillebuck. Um, Buchnevich is a point-per-game guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's got he's got to be there, I think. The Pacific's got Troy Terry, so you get your wish there. Well, I won't. But he's up against uh, Drew Doughty. Yeah, he should be in the game. Matthew Kachuk. Sure. Um, I'd rather not say. The rest... <laughs> <laughs> Not worthy, but name him. Uh, Jonathan Marcheseau. No. JT Miller. Like him, but no. Mark Giordano. Mm. Logan Couture. Good year, but no. Darnell Nurse. Wow. <laughs> Who who's there for the Oilers though? Are Drat and McDavid there or no? Yeah. All right. Just making sure drafts there. All right. So the All-Star game. <laughs> you going to watch it, James? Why would I? <laughs> February, February 5th and 6th. Where am I going to be? Where am I going to be? What is that? It's a Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, it's a Saturday, Sunday. So I, I guess I'll be working the Saturday and the Sunday. I'll be doing literally anything else on my one day off. There are a few guys there where I would love to watch the uh, um, the skills comp. 
see a couple yeah, things they could sure. do. I love the skills comp. I watch it no matter what who's in it. I would love okay. to see how many shin pads Jack Campbell can tap. Yeah, in like a two minute period. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. <laughs> I um, how long does him and Freddie Henderson hug for when they get back on the ice together? That's yeah. I don't know. There's a few events where there's guys that are not necessarily going to the game where I want to see them in a skills comp, let alone in the game. Right. And uh, it sort of bums out the skills comp for me. So yeah. Not super jacked. It's not a year where I think I'm going to watch a game. I think... Uh, Do you normally? No. Oh, okay. No, and I, I've had an issue with, with it for a long time. Um, I think... It's not going to be popular. We have reached the point with the NHL All-Star Game that... I would like to see the conferences divided and I want to see whoever wins the all-star game gets home ice advantage in the cup final hmm. um I hate that um <laughs> well here's one of 18 issues I have with it first off allow me to introduce myself my name is James Cole um, right uh we forgot to mention the the coaches for the the, the, the games oh you don't want to argue that yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I thought. I thought you want to have that conversation. No, we don't have to. Well, I've I've got some thoughts, but um, it's it's ridiculous. Like the problem here is in my in, in my in my heart, I believe. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just curious. I believe that every team should should have a representative. Okay, and that makes a lot of sense. In, in what sense? Like like why? What what's your reason? Because of fair play in the, in the interest of sportsmanship everybody should have one representative and that's fine if you've got two 23 man rosters of 46 fucking players where you can just sneak the 32nd guy into the rug and still add nine guys that are all stars I'm okay with Jordan Eberle going if he's the fourth line right winger on the All Star team, well, well, my thought, I, I, I think it's the same thing as what you're thinking. Is like, as long as they're taking part in the All Star uh, skills competition, then they can go. They don't have to play in the game necessarily, right? Like Clayton uh, sure. Keller can yeah. go and do the fucking breakaway competition. It's like, yeah, fair enough. Like he's unbelievable that shit. But he's should there it be that in that weekend? Yeah. Should it be in that game over fucking Drew Doughty? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. The my, my struggle is that I think the three on three product is a more entertaining like this game doesn't matter, so let's not watch five on five bog down guys not hitting, guys not yeah. hustling hockey. The three on three is fun. But the problem there, obviously that I will admit, is that you can't really have a bench of twenty dudes playing three on three. Mm-hmm. Right? So you have to shorten the bench. And they've decided to go with one guy from each team. And it's just asinine because now you have to send that one representative who is going to take up the spot of like six guys above you, right? So again, like I said, like if you want to go back to the West East format, I'm fine with that. Have 46 guys be represented at the All Star game, but when it comes time to play the game, maybe just 
shorten the bench. Or, like you said, find a way to send them somewhere else that weekend to do something else and still be involved. Because I can see both sides of the coin. And in 1991, when you're sending each team has a representative and there's 21 teams and there's 46 spots, sure, whatever, who fucking cares? But there's 32 teams now. Mm-hmm. you got to be flexible. You can't just send an Arizona Coyote because you feel bad for the Arizona Coyotes. You know what I mean? Like, but they're a team. They Haven't should, we always they, sent They that. should be represented at the table. We've always felt bad for the yeah. Arizona Coyotes. Going back to uh, the coaches uh, that I wanted to touch on, um, Pete DeWarm, <laughs> Golden Knights. Sure. Cool. Yeah. Love it. I actually don't know who the coaches are. So. Jared Bednar from the Avalanche. Yeah. Yeah. Rod Brindamore from the Hurricanes. Sure. Andrew Burnett. Uh, Do you know how long it took me to figure out what who? team Andrew Burnett coaches? Yeah. No, I, th- I, I get it now. I, I It was a pro simulation. Well, it's not the Leafs. It's not the Lightning. Um... Do you know how they pick the coaches? Yeah, I I can gather that it's obviously the, uh, the team that was leading the uh, division. Well, the Avalanche are no longer leading the division, even though the folks their, at home. their coach has been selected. And um, <laughs> So, John Cooper coaches in the same division as Andrew Burnett. They're tied for points, in fact. John Cooper, uh, if he wants to go, should be allowed to coach every All-Star team until he's uh, dead. As right. far as I'm concerned. As it stands, Brindamore is no longer in first. Uh, Brunette's tied for first. Bednar is no longer in first. And, yeah, all right. So... The hometown yeah, guy, but DeBoer, is in first. Yeah, so I, I, it's not like I want to discredit Andrew Brunette necessarily either, though. It's not like I'm saying like he's doing a shit job. Yeah. But, but like, separated from what he's doing with the team to an all-star coach, John Cooper should be asked to go. Then you ask Bruce Cassidy. Then you ask Sheldon Keefe. I'd probably ask Jeff Blashill. And then I would ask uh, Andrew Burnett, to be honest with you. But them's the rules, right? No, no, like... And that's the problem with this. I've never known that that's the rules, though. Yeah. They changed this when they went to three-on-three. I thought it was just kind of like a fun thing they did. It was like, oh, let's pick a coach. Um... Yeah, no. Me, personally, I would go John Cooper. Um, well, who, like, who would you go from each division? Cooper from the from the uh, Atlantic. I, yeah, he's the best coach. Probably. Yeah, Mike Sullivan from the Metro. If you had Metro. to pick someone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not, nothing too. against Robert. No, it's my pick, too. But, yeah. Um, the West... West. Uh, well, probably would have been Paul Maurice, but he's gone. That's Central. What did I say? Oh, West, yeah, West is the heading, but yeah, the Central. Central. Heading. It's, it's um, Bednar. Yeah. 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 No, it's still Bednar. And then Pacific. But DeBoer. That'd be fun. Bruce Boudreaux. Okay, so it'd be Sutter, and then he wouldn't go. So it's then it's uh, it's DeBoer. <laughs> sure, sure. So it, like it's it's not it's, it's, not, it's not super wrong, but um, yeah. 
I'm I'm shocked on Brendan Moore, but I. Well, he had some comments. Um, he was uh, pretty vocal about the process. Uh, Rod, how did you feel about being selected to the All Star game as the coach? Okay, uh, don't they just pick the guys in first place at the time? Doesn't mean much, does it? Sure doesn't, because you're not in first now. So. Rod the body. Yeah. What a beauty. Yeah. Oh, let's go, Hurricanes. Well, speaking of the bod, uh, we got an oofle for you. Mm. And it's mm. uh, it's not in keeping with a good bod. Mm. Uh, Bad bod. We're doing the uh, overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite donuts. Yeah. Do you like donuts? Me? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I... Unfortunately, you don't. It's one of those weird, like, treats where, like, I don't think of it. I don't think of it as, like, liking or not liking. It's just like, oh, we got some donuts. It's like, mm. oh, okay, I might have one, I might not. Having uh, worked retail for the history of time, um, yeah, donuts are a big retail sort of snack, I think, is part of it, right? So, Don't get me wrong, I've had my fair share. I'm sure, but you have. I'm sure you have. I'm, I don't know. You're overrated donut. Uh, Boston cream. It's uh, it's messier than the uh, the outcome. Hmm. Was almost my favorite, but yeah, eh? yeah. I don't know. Like I don't really think they're all that tasty to me, and it's uh, it's a big mess. You mess uh, how? You, uh, what do you mean? It's uh, it's a mess already because of the the topping, and then you get what you get the hardened chocolate. Yeah. Okay. Which is already messy. Is it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Really? It's it all over your fingers and shit. Oh yeah. Well, who's holding it from the top? <laughs> well, you don't fucking <laughs> hold it like that. It doesn't matter how you hold it. You can hold it from the bottom. It still gets all over your fingers. There's no fucking way to hold a Boston cream where it's clean. There's, There's no, no way, way to hold any donut that's clean. What are you talking about? 100% there is. What are you talking 100% about? There is. It's a mess. It's a mess. I don't love it. Uh, the flavor is fine. Yeah. It's not great. But it's fine. I'm not going to bat here, but in terms of like messiness, this has got to be the lower end of the scale. No, it's got a messiest donut. What's the messiest donut? All right, the messiest donut is the overrated that I have, which is the jelly-filled. Mm. You get that powder everywhere. It's jelly-filled! It's fucking... It's the same thing! Where's the powder? Where's the powder? I can't pick this <laughs> thing up. I love how we both get to the shot. What the fuck? I don't care enough about donuts to really get that fired up. Like, the, Well, we got pretty close there. Like the inside, I'll grant it, they're very similar. But if, as long as you know how to eat like a burrito, you're fine. You pick the, up the jelly field, you're covered in cocaine. Uh, here's what I'll You've give you. You've got powder here's, all over here's, the front here's, of you. What, here's what I'll give you. The cream filters out slower than the jelly does. The jelly... The interior the is jelly not my problem. Just, <laughs> okay, well, the, this is where I win then. Is... Um, the powdered sugar is yes. a, it's a disaster. It's a nightmare. For sure. It's a nightmare. But the chocolate seeping down the side of the fucking Boston cream is... What's, what's seeping chocolate? Who is, this is a hardened product. It's not... 
hard, yeah, hardened. It's four it's days hard, old. It's hardened as a fucking production. But as soon as you have one bite, it starts to fucking melt in. It's not a big product. Who, who are you buying your Boston creams from? I've never had a, a weepy chocolate. Robbins? I don't know if we have another donut shop in town. Roots' Donuts opening uh, next week. I'll, I'll grant you there's not a lot of options. You, me, Turbs, working behind the fucking counter just like, here's your donut. Alright. Probably do okay, but not great. Underrated. Uh, sour cream. Hey, there we go. We're coming together in harmony. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations to us. It, like, here's the thing. Is for better or for worse. We here's the thing with sour cream. Through. People hear sour cream. And they never want to try it because it sounds fucking disgusting. Nay, nay. And I you know what? You, you, you are right. Why would anyone throw sour cream on a donut? But listen, that's not what's happened here. It's completely different. You need to separate sour cream from sour cream donut. And um, whatever the reason for naming it sour cream, do you know? What the fuck? I just assumed they use sour cream in the the batter instead of regular cream. Something like that. But um, yeah, no, they they nailed it. Like a, it, like whatever it is, it's 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 very nice. Uh, like the only thing with the sour cream donut is it hinges on it being fresh. When it's not fresh, man, it lacks mm. the flavor. But sour cream is the perfect glaze for a fresh donut, mm. and it gets underrated because. Um, well, it's called sour cream. So, yeah, my my literally it's my unfairly only, named. My only problem with the sour cream donut is that when mm. you pick it up, it's got that glaze on it that gets so stick in your hands. Whereas opposed to like a Boston cream, which is so smooth and easy to maintain, um, that's my it's only worry with the sour cream. But it's a fantastic donut. Great taste, great flavor. In and out. Good call. Okay. Your favorite? Uh, apple fritter. Good call. Good donut. Great, very good fritter. donut. Great fritter. I don't know if it counted. I don't know if a fritter's a donut, but <laughs> for sure it is. Okay, good. Uh, like, yeah, I've, I've heard to the contrary. Like, it might be too late to say this, but like Persian counts as a donut. Like anything that's like a big Danish, with like icing or some sort of sweetener on it. Okay. Including Persian, still your favorite donut? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Persian's a pastry. It's not a donut. It's not a donut to you. No. It's deep fried. So is there something that you would clarify as a pastry that doesn't qualify on the donut scale that maybe I would... You know what I mean? Like, We can put like a Sally Ann on your donut. Like what's your favorite, what's your favorite pastry? Probably a Persian. Yeah. Followed closely by like a, a strudel. <laughs> strudel is the same. I I think Persian's way closer to a donut than it is str- <laughs> strudel. Good word. <laughs> to be honest with you, but yeah, the Germans got one thing right. Yeah. 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 A cinnamon bun is a pastry. 
Yeah. Any Persian is a cinnamon bun. No, but. you're no, you're you're probably right about Persian. It's just like I would have been fine if you included it as a donut, and that's why I was more so curious. It walks the line. You like Persian, say more. <laughs> yeah, I'm not an idiot. You're <laughs> yeah. you're not fucked up, right? <laughs> No, yeah, like, we work with the heir apparent to the uh, Persian fortune, so we can't speak ill of the Persian. I don't know about that, yeah. but um, we'll talk about that later. In, in in a Facebook group, I noticed today that in Alberta, they're selling what they call, uh, I think it's in Medicine Hat, a, uh, a nope. Fender Bay Won't Raspberry um, bun is what they're, they're listing it as. And I, I, I messaged our coworker and I said, you might want to send a couple of the boys up to Alberta to send a message to this uh, Thunder Bay Raspberry Bun that they're selling out there, which I can't imagine is any good. Also, a fun story about Persians. My sister that uh, moved to Burlington to get a job at the airport in Toronto um, this is wore a shirt that I got her that said, I love Persians, but the, the mm. love is in the shape of the Persian. And uh, they don't know what that is down there. Mm-hmm. And they thought that she loved Persians, mm-hmm. the people. So Sure. That's fun. Sure. She's safe. Nothing wrong with that. Um, your favorite, my good sir. Well, we did that. It's the apple fritter. Oh, yours is the apple yeah. fritter. Yours is. Uh, no, mine... No, mine's not. Um, well... Mine is contingent on this also being Mine is contingent on this being accepted as a real donut. Donut, sure. Um, because uh, I don't really know if anywhere makes this anymore, but mine is the Walnut Crunch. Walnut Crunch donut, hundred percent. Is that a chocolate bar? No. 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 Okay. No, what what it is is like a uh, a chocolate glaze in the shape of an apple fritter mm-hmm. with walnuts in. And it is a hearty donut and you maybe don't want to eat the whole thing necessarily sometimes. But um it is the tastiest donut that I've ever had. Mm. The issue is that Robin's Donuts doesn't make it anymore. Tim Hortons doesn't make it anymore. And I know other people that That's are like... That's the only donut shops we have. There are literally a Facebook group like, bring back the fucking Walnut Donut. And like, I'm not getting Facebook to fucking contribute to that cause. Wow. But, uh... Yeah. No, it's unbelievable. Walnut Crunch. Just a nice thick donut where... It's good to have dreams. I feel like people liked it. Yeah. I guess, uh, not enough. Okay. Not enough. Okay. Um, my least favorite is anything that's labeled as being a chocolatey chocolate dip chocolate cocoa crunch chocolate extreme chocolate puff. Anything with those words and any combination of those words, I'm not down. Could we hear the words again? Chocolatey. Chocolate dip, chocolate, cocoa crunch. So you don't like a chocolate dip? No. You don't like if a. If you're gonna dip chocolate in chocolate and cover it in chocolate, I don't need that in my life. Okay. I, I don't love chocolate to begin with. It's yeah. not a good story. No, no, point. no, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. If you want to put a little bit of chocolate on top of something, say like a uh, 
like a Boston cream. Mm. Um, I'm, okay with, I'm okay diet. with a little bit of chocolate, but I, I don't need chocolate dipped in chocolate with a chocolate glaze with chocolate sprinkles and chocolate filling. I don't need that. It sounds excessive. It's not good. To be honest with you. It can't be good. Yeah. Won't be good. Shan't be good. Sounds like way too much chocolate. What I were you describing? I would agree. Hmm. Okay. Mm. Fair enough. It's, 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 it sounds insane. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't like anything with uh, uh, where it's just like, here's a donut with a little bit of icing and some sprinkles. It's terrible. Uh, sprinkles as a uh, definition of a donut. That's uh, Sprinkles are terrible. Hmm. What do sprinkles do? Just sugar. It just looks nice, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Like It's an aesthetic uh, part of a donut. And so uh, that's fine. But if I'm going through a Tim Hortons drive-thru and they're like, oh, we have donuts with sprinkles. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, you know what? Let's, let's try them. Uh, yeah, no, it looks, it looks terrible and it tastes even worse. So, yeah. It is for eight-year-olds. Yeah. Uh, Sprinkle-covered donut. I would rather have a sour cream. No, thank you. Now... No, thank you. What I would say within the donuts is that uh, former guest of the podcast, Cole Turbide, is a big donut guy. Really? He eats plain donuts. Like, he will go to Robbins, mm-hmm. order a black coffee and a plain donut, and read the paper like he's fucking 98 years old. Which I think is cool. Simultaneously, the lamest thing I've ever heard. But it actually makes him cooler, I think, in the long run. I would never tell him that. Other than this is available to the public and maybe I'll hear it one day. But, you know. Um, Krispy Kreme donut, have you ever had? Yeah, they're they're insane. Unreal. They're unbelievable. Un, uh, yeah. So, same recipe as a as a sour cream. Like it's it's Can't same. Be. No. 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 Totally different. You like, think that's texture. different? No, I, I I don't know. It it has got to be like ninety eight percent sugar because I don't have to bite it; it just melts away in my mouth. They are very good. Yeah. It's insane. Someone will go to the States and be like, oh, I brought back Krispy Kreme donuts. And it's like, I'm not going to eat a fucking donut. You eat it and it's like the best donut you've ever had. You know? Yeah. Well, that concludes donut talk here on the uh, least up. Yeah, donuts. Yeah. Go get a donut. Donut included. Donut in... Nah, whatever. Donut feel good. Um... You might have hit stop before I realized. But anyway. I'm uh, Bruce Pataglia. Um, hi, Button. Yeah. I'm James Cole. Come join us next week when we hopefully won't talk about Avenger Kane. Ooh. Oh, man. Could we only hope? Mm. Mm. See you then. Bye-bye.
Again. Mm-hmm. 